0: Hey boomers, welcome once again to another episode of Sonic the Comic, the podcast, your fortnightly guide to the sega Stational world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic. We, as always, are your humes who think we're in charge. My name is
1: Chris McFeely. My name is Dave Bulmer and we're bringing you all new action with the police. Oh, yeah, deadline, Hollywood, 1930. (laughs) My name's Dave Bulmer and we're bringing you all new action with the Sega superstars once again this fortnight. In what my comic says is October the 14th. Uh, actually released on October the 1st. Oh, I like a bit of October, you know, Chris. Chris, October is a Sonicy month for me. Mm. I've got this tradition where on the 1st of October, I play a bit of Sonic 3D. Because it makes me feel a little bit cold, and a little bit crisp. And it reminds me of, you know, chilly, frosty days home on the bus. Which you don't get in Octobers anymore, but we used to when we were little. I was
0: going to say, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is issue number 36 of Sonic
0: the Comic. I suppose with Halloween on the approach, that means there'll be some kind of Halloween issue, and then perhaps
1: soon after that, a graphic zone of kids in costume again. Halloween, Chris, that same year that I, whenever that 1996, whenever I played Sonic 3D, I always get flashbacks to it if I remember the jingle to The Vincent Price is Right on The Big Breakfast. That's how I know it was October. Oh, what do we got on the cover of this issue? This is an Ed Hillier cover. Yeah, it's an adventure style tales, and but he's got a great big brown trench coat on, as per his story, this issue. Leader of the flock, says the cover copy. Tales in hot water inside.
0: And that that's actually all the cover copy. Nothing else on there except for the announcement that we've got FREE Free Another Free Gift issue! Free, set, one of your STC Sonic stickers. Collect
1: yeah. Them all. Now, regrettably, mm. we don't have these. Sorry about that, listeners. So we only know what one of them is. Remind mm. me which one that was. We saw one on the next issue page last issue, which was the little
0: Adventures of Model of Tails with the handout and um, sort of a swirly sandy yellow brown background and it said prower power underneath it that's
1: right yeah and i remembered that as soon as i saw it oh yeah of course yeah they're all very familiar it's just a question of which one comes with which which comic and that's what they all are they're basically just um they're just they've got uh review zone style swirly backgrounds with just stock drawings of the characters in front and that's what and then little slogans believe a fox could fly so if anybody out there does have a copy or knows specifically which stickers came with which issue because i'm sure somebody does give us a bell if you have any pictures we'll share them on the twitter you would think we'd be able to find this with a bit of googling but we haven't been able to everyone everyone took their stickers off you know this cover
0: it brings back memories because this was the issue of sonic the comic where i had to go searching for i can't remember if i told this story on the podcast last time or not but this is the one where i had to go looking for it in other news agents. My news agent let me down where I had it oh, yes. to be kept behind the counter. It was around this time that this misfortune
1: befell me. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, what a, what a sad life yours has been. I know, right. I've got my little violin out. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go to another news agent.
0: Listen, it was two minutes up the road. It was right
1: there and I could just have it. Control zone. They're very keen to push the phrase Sonic the Stickers for this extremely cheap run of free gifts. Um, It's not on the cover. They don't call them that. They didn't call them that last issue. But
0: but yeah, Sonic the Stickers, uh, just... Well, it's part of the comics lexicon, isn't it? We've had Sonic the Summer Special and Sonic the Poster Mag and they just like to call things Sonic
1: the X. It makes perfect sense to do it. It's just, it's... uh, Something about it highlighted how cheap an idea for a free gift this is and yet how much I prefer it to a lot of the other ideas for free gifts. I'll take stickers over pastels any day. It's always nice when a free gift is bespoke. Yes, exactly. And these stickers, I love these stickers and and just thinking about how cheap they must be compared to moulding anything into a Frisbee Oh. I, I say they should have just always had free stickers. Always. Every issue. Yeah. But, uh, you wouldn't have appreciated them as
0: much. Maybe not. But maybe <laughs> and then what would they have done to attempt to
1: sell you on a 5p price rise? Yeah, well, well 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 quite they'd have to give me a real free gift then wouldn't they they'd have to try and think about <laughs> yeah. it but yes exactly so but we do have for the next few issues a free set of stickers anyway mm-hmm. so that's three nice.
0: times in bold text megadroid says <laughs> sonic the stickers throughout the, the welcome screen but yeah in fact yes that is three of the five paragraphs <laughs> yeah, <isn't it? laughs>
1: they just keep going on about it and i suppose now it does when they said last issue that there's going to be free stickers on every single issue from now until christmas we were like whoa and then here they lay it out that that's four issues yeah i suppose it is october isn't it <laughs> yeah what, what shouldn't it
0: be more than four october november december well two in october mm-hmm. two in november and so there are five sets altogether So two in October, two in November One in December Yeah. And um, yeah. I remember this year they do have They've kind of got kind of a double barrel Double size pair of Christmas issues Or something this Ooh, year Maybe really? they overlap with New Year's Oh what a treat Yeah, The, the Christmas issues are extra sized this year If oh. I remember
1: correctly God do you remember Sonic the Comic It was, dead it good. was brilliant <laughs> Why don't we do a podcast about it God and they also tell us that Eternal Champions is going to be coming back next year. Yeah, issue. looking forward to that. Because Mutant League finishes this issue. Yeah. Did you get this bit, of, just before
0: we move on though, mm. when when he's talking about the stickers, mm. Sonic like the Stickers have been developed specially for those really important places. <laughs> Bedroom doors, school books,
1: ugh, ugh. bags, Reproduction yeah. antique <laughs> furniture. I looked it up in case that was from something. Repro duction. Yeah. But I couldn't find any.
0: No, that just seems um... It sounds
1: like a reference, doesn't it? Like point head stick or something. Like say it in a certain way because it's a reference to a certain thing. But forget all that oh Look wow what else is sorry in- I just typed in repro dash duction without any other like because because when I looked it up I put the whole thing repro dash duction antique furniture and I just got stuff about reproduction antique furniture yeah. this time I put repro dash duction and uh, Google uh, took my dash away and showed me a picture of a willy <laughs>
0: I didn't know where th- <coughs> where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Right, uh. what did you spot? Uh. But, oh, well, I can't say forget about all that <laughs> But perhaps even more exciting than that. Even more exciting than a sudden willy. Is what else is in the middle of the control zone. Yes. Which is what we've been calling out for. for yes. Since it happened. How long ago? Is it nearly 20 issues ago now? we had them before, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just when you least expected it. It's the return, return of the, the cakes. Cake
1: Sonic cakes. And they're good ones.
0: Yeah, they are good ones. Really Kyle good Jenkins is. from Parton. Has got a Knuckles cake. Yeah. And uh, Davy
1: Stevenson has a seventh birthday cake of Sonic. That's right. Kyle is six. Davy is seven. And these two cakes are... They're just really well made. Whoever did them... They're not I don't think they're shop bought because no. why would you make if you were a shop why would you make knuckles you know that's so specific At this point in time yeah this seems yeah. like a mum's work Yeah although I don't know that happy birthday Kyle looks suspiciously like what you get back from Thornton's if you ask them to write on a chocolate bar No that's true but so I don't know I want some I once ordered some Easter stuff for my family. I think it was a couple of years ago from Thorntons Online. And they let you write in a little box to leave a little note. You know, when you send someone an Amazon gift and it, you can tick not to include the price because it's a gift and do yeah. you want to leave a message? And when you've done that, it just comes printed on the... They still send a receipt, but instead of the price, it says this message yeah, or something. Yeah. And It was never very satisfactory. So that's what I thought they would do. And, uh, and I basically ordered for my whole family this just a box of different chocolate stuff and i left them this little note in it saying something like you know dole these out as you see fit oh no and when it arrived they sent me a photo immediately because they'd beautifully etched dole these out as you see fit in white chocolate <laughs> on a big chocolate bar that came with it, <laughs> it very good oh uh,
0: sometimes you know you see those things on blogs and you don't believe they're real uh, yeah and then dear penthouse forum i never believed it could happen to me <laughs> <laughs> So, um,
1: this cake is a pink. Knuckles cake, yeah, because as we all know, because we know Knuckles, Knuckles was pink, pink. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very good. It's just, I mean, of course, it's just a copy of that first picture of yeah, Knuckles of we artwork. But something about it, it's nice and puffy. You know, it's. I think it's all done in sort of marzipan or something. Mm. It looks great. I really want to eat it. Assuming it's marzipan. If it's icing, not so interested. Not as interested in icing. But marzipan, fill me up. Yum yum yum. Don't like marzipan much myself. Well, I'll have your marzipan then. Yum 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 yum. I'll
0: have your icing, but then you know. Oh so many cakes these days are just icing with a tiny piece of bread inside them I know The Heya charts. charts
1: Anything catch your eye in the charts um, well there's a bit of sonic going on isn't there a lot of
0: re-entries all including that's sonic spinball and sonic 2 jumping in at five and six
1: yeah now uh, you know I, I do still feel this slight resentment at the at the sega fans of 1994 for oh. getting sonic 2 in higher than sonic 3 i'm not going to argue it may well be the slightly better game uh, that's a that's a contentious point for another day but in the year of Sonic 3, for it, for Sonic 2 to be above it. But Sonic Spinball above that, what is going on? I have to assume, based on the sheer number of
0: re-entries across all four charts here, that there must have been some kind of reissuing
1: or re-releases or budget price thing. Well, you know what? We're actually going to hear about it later on in this issue. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be that. No, it doesn't, does it? No, because the games are different. Yeah, that's very specific and sort of dodgy old titles they can't get rid of any other way. Probably the same <laughs> cartridges in new boxes. But we've got Zool and James Pond 3 down at number 10. uh, I don't know if that's two separate things or if they were packaged on the same cartridge or not. But we've been defeated, as usual, by FIFA in the number one spot and Pete Sampras at two. Oh, well. At least Streets of Rage 3 is at three. Yeah, there you go. There's some fun. PGA Tour girl funded that, though. Oh, God.
0: I don't think we'll ever be satisfied. Is that right? Uh, I I wonder... I haven't... it's, It's a funny thing. I have absolutely no idea at what point they stop including the charts in Sonic the comic no, no and I I'd be either. very interested to see what form the charts take if they're still going at the point when the next gen switchover happens to the Saturn oh
1: yeah Sonic Power of the Chaos Emerald Part 2 written by Nigel Kitching art by Richard Elson letters by Ellie DeVille While Sonic is kept busy by the floating island's defences, Knuckles and Robotnik escape to the temple containing the island's Chaos Emeralds. With a device of Robotnik's invention standing in for the long-lost Grey Emerald, the twelve separate emeralds are fused into six, whereupon Robotnik reveals his true colours and takes the godlike power of the emeralds for himself. Sonic and Tails arrive just in time to watch as Knuckles reveals that the Grey Emerald has secretly been in his possession all along, which he uses to remove Robotnik's powers and return him to Mobius. Sonic and Knuckles part peacefully, but the Cool Blue One is sure they haven't seen the last of the Red Dreaded One. Hey, this is cool. (laughs) (laughs) This is great! i was having such
0: a great time reading this it's sort of like the big climax to the sonic 3 story but not
1: quite because there's like an epilogue in the next two issues as well (laughs) i know this is so interesting the fact that this kind of lines up with stuff that happens in a game that isn't out yet so the first thing we see is some guy uh jumping out of a hole with robotnik in it yeah who's this red guy i don't know I mean he looks sort of familiar, but there's I can't quite put my finger on it because he's this weird red guy. Yeah.
0: No. Unfortunately this is the issue where Knuckles turns bright red. <laughs>
1: oh. Well, I suppose he's very cross yeah
0: (laughs) it's just especially noticeable because this panel this first panel i think we said it last issue is basically the last panel of the of the previous issue again yeah with robotnik looking a little better less of that weird overbite sort of (laughs) thing he had going on last issue
1: (laughs) yeah knuckles jumps out and he's all red now and that's that's us introduced to that now do you know honestly Hand on heart, I don't remember noticing at the time. I, oh, I, think they, I noticed big time. I think they did take me through it gradually enough that, like, by the... Tell you what, though, I was looking at some Sonic and Knuckles footage, and he ain't as red in that game as I thought. No, I no, thought, he's red on the title screen. Yeah, he's exactly. The same
0: bright red that they colour him now today. But, yeah. no,
1: in the game, he, yeah. is, he is red than he, he is. is in Sonic Three, but he's still quite magenta, shades of pink from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's very strange what they did with Knuckles. I don't know what was going on with that. So yeah, really, it was kind of Sonic Adventure that really solidified him as red. Yep, yeah. yeah, definitely. That's weird to think about because he was. I mean, to us, it was the comic. You know, he was yeah. red in the comic, and to Americans, he was red in Archie as well. Yeah, from the outset. Yeah, I guess
0: that means that art-wise, he must have been like the Japanese reference art. He must have been red in it. Within the body of the game. Yeah. As we all know.
1: <laughs> Knuckles was pink. <laughs> so anyway, he jumps out, he gives Sonic a punch, and Sonic activates his force field, yeah! or known in the game as insta-shield. And various other things, too.
0: I just yeah. vibrate the air molecules in front of me at supersonic speed. Nothing to it if you're a genius.
1: Simple as. Yeah, now we said, didn't we, we knew that they were going to introduce some explanation for how he does this because you and me both remember did you you knowing you you probably remembered when it's explained
0: i i did yeah i remembered it was within this story
1: yeah Yeah, but i did remember what the explanation was which was this thing about vibrating air molecules at just the right speed which is a great little way of explaining it oh yeah isn't it? to make it a speed because like there's no explanation for it within the
0: game lore it's not even a shield really within the game lore is it it's just a sort of double jump
1: expand the reach of your attack type move
0: and it doesn't even really do anything if i'm
1: brutally honest no i've you, you experimented with it didn't you and it didn't yeah. really do anything as i understand it it was supposed to be a temporary invincibility shield and then they just either decided no or couldn't get it to work but just left it in as a as a temporary hitbox extension is it hit or hurtbox? whatever the word is for how far you can punch but uh no it does very little it's nifty though i like doing it yeah it makes you go Phew.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I tell you, I do love this uh, next panel. Though when I when I turned the page and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one because oh, I oh, nothing yeah, do it if you're a genius. But if you like that, let me show you one of my favorites. I call it my Sonic Spin Attack. Whoop! And he just bodies them. Whoop yeah. Knuckles is sent absolutely <laughs> flying. A big proper argh, speech yeah. bubble. The dreads flapping out all over the place.
1: He- <laughs> bodies him and it's great because sonic's grit. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll tell you why i think this panel hits so hard it's because we've only really ever seen him do this to robots yeah. before and maybe if i went back over it the occasional bad guy but generally speak you know he probably spin attacks megatox and it doesn't work or whatever but yeah, it splashes through him or something yeah but this is the first time we've seen him do it to a living person who we've yeah. established is basically his equal in various ways like he's his equal in a fight we already established that but we're still treated to more of it because that's what we just want damn it and he's his equal like you know in height and kind of animal he is and all that sort of thing he's like another sonic and so to see him go head to head with this guy and bash him with a spinner you really get to see for the first time exactly how powerful it is. Because we don't really know how well put together the Badniks are. Yeah, you know, yeah. Are we they... just,
0: all well, we ever see is just little explosions mm. to see Knuckles be literally sent flying through the yeah. air by it. And then he proceeds to own him utterly as he just <laughs> runs around him. You don't stand yeah. a chance against my speed as he just runs around him and hits him from a hundred different directions at uh, the same yeah. time. You don't stand a chance against my speed and Knuckles says, as the Tweety Birds <laughs> fly around his head practically, <laughs> yeah (laughs) we'll find that out one day and i'm like no i mean i'm pretty sure we just found out
1: dork (laughs) i love that line there's something really cool about it where they're in the middle of this fight and he's like we'll find that out one day because to me it implies we're gonna have fight after fight after fight there's gonna be this match of wits forever and of course by the end of this story they're already friends but at the time, it's like, yes. Mm, friends with like an asterisk. Exactly, yeah. That's One especially day. especially the kind of friend you'd be in Sonic the Comic. Friends with an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> of him, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Knuckles is there. He's saying like, this is obviously going to be a long-running rivalry. And we're like, Yes
0: yes but knuckles says we'll find that out one day because right now getting the chaos emeralds to safety is
1: more important so he pushes
0: one of those switches on the ground
1: yes rich has drawn the switch correctly it's yes. exactly like one of the ones that knuckles uh, at the end of or, or in the interstitial bits between levels in sonic 3 knuckles will show up ha 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 press the switch and he's got it exactly right it's got the little downward arrow on it and everything
0: i like this line too i've lived alone on the floating island yes. all my life i know all its secrets yeah. And I feel like that was like part of Knuckles' brief, you I know, think, like yeah. I think like it was in other media too, but you didn't get much of it because obviously by the end of this story we're not really in a position wherever knuckles and sonic have a relationship where knuckles can use the environment against him anymore because they, they don't fight anymore you know?
1: that's it yeah so here because when it's in his bio like knuckles knows the island secrets you kind of mm. think that that means he knows a, a secret tunnel or two and he knows about the chaos emeralds you know whereas here it's that he it the whole place is full of these traps and he presses this button and these two giant stone hands come up out of the ground like human hands quite realistic i was a allowed- little surprised at them yeah. um even
0: back in the day i remember because they're not a game thing no you know they're
1: not in anywhere in the game
0: it feels like a, a missed opportunity to do something from the game i don't know what yeah. offhand, hand
1: but no know. me neither but it serves the purpose here because you know sonic is gripped by it i like this because it's just a really good way to illustrate the point that this island is full of hmm. weird ancient traps ancient and mechanisms,
0: secrets yeah. yeah
1: that knuckles has command over in a, in a in a way that does reflect him collapsing the bridges and what have you in Sonic 3. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. But then, in this case, in the case of these two big hands coming out, the realism of them and the fact that they're, you know, they're deforming out of the rock under the earth, it adds this vague magicness to the kind of traps we're talking about. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a weird ancient mysticism going on here. Yeah, I think that's perfectly welcome as far as I'm concerned. If I, oh, wow. If I was writing a Sonic 3 and Knuckles comic adaptation, and... I have. (laughs) Back in the day, you know. I I think I personally would prefer to keep it more mechanical, like it was a whole island of Indiana Jones temple traps, that sort of thing. But I do like the combo of an ancient dead race who had limited command of magic, maybe, with their final descendant guardian of their ancient land, just being a physical fighter who Hmm. understands how to press the buttons how to use what they left behind without actually being able to do anything magic himself mm. i think that's a cool comic setup you know
0: it feels like the right way to go with it and it ultimately wound up like syncing up a bit better with what would later be revealed of the echidnas in the adventure game. Yeah, they had that mystical aspect with the emeralds and with chaos and everything versus the direction the archie comics chose to go with it which <laughs> was practically the complete opposite where rather than a mystical risk, they were mm. one of those uh hyper-advanced techno races that were so above the concerns of man well mobium that you know that they phased the
1: island out of phase with the rest of the planet so they wouldn't have to deal with their (laughs) and uh, also as opposed to the mystical version of the echidnas seen here they did a full life and times of scrooge mcduck family tree (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the mystical hands then lead us to page three or as i like to call it tails gets trolled (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, Sonic uh, I mean, I had the gut reaction again and it
0: flipped the page and Sonic goes darn, they're fast as one of the hands grabs him and I'm like yeah. you're going to say that after you just owned Knuckles with, with your <laughs> speed like that and uh, then he's like oh, I'm being crushed Tails ah, I do something and Tails tries to open the hand I'm not strong enough oh, Sonic, no, Sonic yeah, I'm just kidding little buddy <laughs> And we get that call back to Carnival Night where Dale says, Poker Lewis is right, you do have a weird sense of humor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, because as you're reading it, I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh, down there fast. And no, he's just like, oh no, oh, what will befall me now? I'm trapped in your. Is <laughs> this the end
0: of Little Sonic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I fell
0: for your dastardly trap. And then a simple super speed whirlwind and he smashes his way out of
1: the hand. No bother at all. And then we go onto the next page, which is absolutely flipping gorgeous. Yeah. The Temple of Chaos. Knuckles has gone down a a pipe with Robotnik, and he's led him to the Temple of Chaos. Incidentally, I
0: don't... Feel like Robotnik would fit in that pipe? No, I know,
1: yeah. He just looks a bit. He just looks like exactly the width of it. I'm imagining that he went down it by like jumping in and then wriggling and then it goes. And then (laughs) uh,
0: it's called a zoom tube, so you do assume there's some kind of (laughs) suction
1: involved, and it's like (laughs) finally it would give way. (laughs) And yeah, they're in this lovely. It's sort of ambiguous whether it's indoors or outdoors i think it's outdoors oh looking it's outdoors to...
0: no it's based on some of the stuff we see
1: in the later pages oh uh, yeah looking up at it's pillars in a big circle around the outside frankly quite a lot like the one that turned up later in sonic adventure yeah 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 sonic and knuckles would
0: have the emerald shrine but that was an underground uh, mm. cave you know whereas yeah this syncs up
1: surprisingly well yeah with the adventure stuff and a big pillar of light sort of sticking up in the middle a bit like the kinterball computer one mm. with six chaos emeralds in a ring turning round in it, and it's just lovely. Now, though,
0: hmm. there are six Chaos Emeralds on the floating island already. Yes. And Sonic had a set of six as well. Yes. And to me as a child, this was the weirdest thing, and they never again, another big thing they never explained. Like Knuckles hmm. says, Legend says, long ago the six Chaos Emeralds were split into twelve. Okay. But I would have loved to hear that story. Yeah. Um, I remember I, I actually Like, Shelf David did did do a little comic that explained that it was the cataclysm that separated the island from Mobius that Ah. caused the emeralds to split. That was my Ah. personal explanation for it. I like it. But it's funny because it's kind of a patch where they have to talk about how there were six that Mm. got split rather than treat them as if Chaos Emeralds are just a type of multitudinous gem that can be found anywhere. We've talked about it a little bit on the show before, I remember, but I don't remember how much detail we went into. But you and I both dug into the Japanese manuals to try and understand how this works. Exactly, (laughs) because I never realized for some reason as a kid the idea that Robotnik told Knuckles that Sonic was here to steal the emeralds from the floating Mm. island. But Sonic already had emeralds. Yeah. And Knuckles stole those emeralds from him. Yeah. I didn't understand it. No. So anyway... The Japanese lore of the emeralds before Sonic Adventure crystallized all this and clearly established, yes, there are only these seven, Mm -hmm. plus the Master Emerald. The way the Japanese Sonic 3 manual presents it is that there are a set of emeralds already on Mm -hmm. the floating island, and then the Death Egg crashes into it after Sonic 2. And when the Death Egg crashes, all the emeralds on the floating island disappear in a flash of light, and then the Mm -hmm. island is pushed down into the ocean. I think the idea is maybe that Knuckles believes Sonic has somehow stolen the emeralds that used to be on the floating island, and then he steals them back from him at the start of Sonic 3. But obviously... He didn't. Mm. And it's really unclear. I mean, it's not particularly clear from the manuals whether the emeralds from Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 are even the same.
1: No, it's not.
0: But Sonic the comic has gone out of its way to say, yes, they are. The uh, And obviously, the whole Kintabor origin gives the emeralds a very unique yes. origin point. Kintabor could never find... The seventh emerald, the grey emerald, that he needed to stabilise the reaction
1: in the ROCC. This is why the whole thing happened and he turned into Robotnik. If he'd had yes. that grey emerald, it wouldn't have.
0: Obviously, no, there were only six emeralds in the first Sonic game, and one of them was the grey emerald, yes. but we just sort of papered over that. It was they, they, <laughs> they sort of retroactively altered that the purple one Sonic 2 introduced was there all along, and it was the grey one that was missing. Mm-hmm. And in addition to everything else, like this strip gives us the answer as to why Kintabor could never find yeah. the Grey Emerald, because it was never split, and uh, it was like in the possession of the Guardian of the Floating Island all this time. It was the control emerald that allowed them to remain stable, and obviously uh, this is why, once they're freed of their refrigerated box and reintegrated with the Grey Emerald, that's why they can be stable again now this is this is paying off it's it's you kind of don't notice it because of how cool everything else that's going on in the strip is
1: but this is really paying off kind of some plot danglers yeah when i first read this i was going like great cool that's where the gray emerald was yes of course this all makes sense now i'm reading it i'm like yeah of course that's where the gray emerald was but also that's not from sonic and knuckles nigel has just himself figured out that this would be a handy place to like tie up a loose end that they don't really need anymore and that See you know what I mean? It's like a real commitment to yeah. I suppose continuity because Yeah, to get the emeralds from where they were in
0: Sonic well, to where they were post-Sonic 2, yeah. as previously established by Sonic the Comic, to where they need to be yeah. for almost for Sonic and Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Even though I suppose he doesn't really know that yet, because no, he that's won't have the played thing. the game yet. But it just what they happen to
1: wind up doing here feeds in beautifully to Sonic and Knuckles. Hey, okay, so exactly. This is the Huh, this is holy shit the gray emerald this is <laughs> holy shit chris this is excellent he's covered the betrayal scene from sonic and knuckles even though we can't have known that it ex- yeah, is going to happen yet. right that's a funny thing because you tend to forget
0: sometimes i don't know about you but i not not playing sonic 3 properly back in the day and everything uh-huh. you always knew the idea was that robotnik had tricked knuckles into mm. working for him but i remember not really knowing that we came out the back end of Sonic 3 with Knuckles never having actually learned that Robotnik was tricking him. Like, that doesn't happen until very late in the game in Sonic and Knuckles. Which is why it's almost weird that Sonic and Knuckles was a game before they'd actually done the the heel
1: face turn for Knuckles. Well, that's true if you think of it in modern terms, but I think at the time it came across as like Sonic V Knuckles. Like, which one are Mm. you going to pick? Like that Jurassic Park game. Will you be bloke or will you be dinosaur? Which one will you guide through this adventure, Sonic or his rival Knuckles, you know? And yeah, at the end of that game, maybe you don't know, listener. At the end of that game, there's a bit where Sonic enters this underground palace full of the Chaos Emeralds. He's already been there, but via a, a, a warp. This time he goes there, he ends up there the, the long way round. And there's Robotnik stealing the Master Emerald, which seems to, you know, power the whole island and keep it flying and so on. He's got his Egomatic, he's gripped it on a little dangler from underneath the Egomatic and he's ripping it up out of its moorings. And Knuckles is like, What? I hate you now! This is the moment. And you mm. see it play out. It's the only cutscene really that yeah. uh, that the Sonic platformers had had up till then, apart from the little ones in this and in Sonic 3 where Knuckles will like press a button and make a bridge drop. That's it suddenly there's this whole cutscene where knuckles tries to jump on the master emerald get it back he gets zapped by electricity and finally he realizes sonic is the good guy and he helps him to get to the next place he needs to chase robotnik it's it's a massive moment it's like emotionally resonant and everything and here it is in a comic Before that game has come out, Nigel has just apparently independently figured out all of the same beats that story needs to end on. So he's covered that and he's slotted it perfectly into Stay Sonic lore. So we know where the Grey Emerald was all this time. We know why it was so hard to find. And Knuckles is revealed as not quite being just a naive dupe like we thought. He was fooled, but he kept an ace up his sleeve just in case. This is good. And then (laughs) Sonic and Knuckles is unreleased In... This is amazing to me. So I needed to know whether Nigel knew about this. Because, oh, wait, that's not all. Here we have the Chaos Emerald Shrine, here called, what, the Temple of Chaos. In the game, it's called the Hidden Palace. Mm -hmm. But it's basically the same thing. It's where the Chaos Emeralds are in the island. It's their magic temple. And even in the game, when you go there for the first time as Sonic, your Chaos Emeralds, like, drift out of your hands into the air and come down in their pedestals as bigger emeralds, which, having read this, I interpreted as being that they, like, merged with the island's chaos emeralds to make big mm. chaos emeralds. Yes, I yes. I don't actually know what it's supposed to be. Maybe they just get bigger.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's not really very clear. No. Yeah, in the, well, well, as we say, the game lore surrounding them is... Yeah. Uh,
1: weird at best it's all just done in visuals i think it's probably supposed to be that if you bring them to this place this temple where they're powered up by the master emerald they get bigger and that's Mm. the super emeralds but yeah here they reconnect with these other chaos emeralds and so i thought i need to check the script for this one is this gonna say you know like the bit in the game have they already been given sonic and knuckles to play through Mm. or whatever and i looked it up and no it looks as if nigel just made it up he, he just describes the temple as... He, in fact, he says, Rich, just draw anything you want here because I haven't got very many ideas. Maybe make it look a bit like Stonehenge. That's the sort of thing I mean. That That's it. So... I think Nigel just made this up and it happened to be what happens in the next game yeah. that also happens to be the conclusion to this story of, of Robotnik and Knuckles. That also happens to sync up very well with a game that wouldn't be released <laughs> yeah. for four years. Yeah. So I asked Nigel about this last night and I said, like, did you did, did you know what was going to happen in the next game or not? And he can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but he thinks that what he was doing here was essentially just kind of juggling you know conflicting bits of chaos emerald law because he was like yeah did it the chaos emeralds didn't really make sense did they so we had to sort of come up with something that that made as much sense as i could make them and i think that's just what we're looking at here isn't that fascinating and it does. Like, it all comes together.
0: The, the, as I say, the only thing I would have ever loved to have heard the story of was how the split happened.
1: Wouldn't it have been great? Wouldn't that have been the perfect moment to bring in a new Sonic's World series? Ooh. In the old mould. Yeah, like the like the untold... Well, I was going to say like the
0: untold tales of the echidnas or something, but then I'm having terrible, terrible... Can Panders flashbacks
1: exactly yeah I don't think we want that but I do think just giving us a kind of maybe a one-off Sonic's World about the legend of the Chaos Emerald splitting mm. maybe not in the old old mould of Sonic's World where it's literally like a little documentary but what if it's Knuckles looking at the tablets or something you know and mm. trying to piece together the story for himself like because he hasn't got anyone to tell him it so he's like oh I've been studying these runes and it looks like this means that the Chaos Emerald split or something like that you know that'd be cool i'm just trying to think of like
0: I'm, I'm there's no there's no way to just tell the story without really giving away too much about the echidnas is there
1: well that's why i say you set it in the modern time where he doesn't know he's just kind of looking at it and it's because you know we get in sonic and knuckles they wouldn't have known this yet but in, in that scene we do get a big wall freeze <laughs> freeze mm-hmm. again a big tapestry that's sort of hieroglyphically looking about the vague prediction of the fight you're about to have and yeah. um could He could have done something like that. I don't want to go off this page without just acknowledging how beautiful the Chaos Emeralds are. Look at them. They're so gorgeous. There's something just primal about, you know, my child brain whenever it looks at a collection of things that are the same but different colours, right? <laughs> right? Power Rangers. God, I even like those Daleks that they brought in in the Matt Smith run. Uh, they, they were different colours. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all you needed.
0: It just reminds you of a box of crayons.
1: Yeah, yes. Yes. But these, as well as being different colours, they're beautifully painted. They've got the... I mean, he's got his watercolours out for this, I guess. Yeah. And he's leaving a lot of white space, so they look gleamy and glimmery. They're coloured gently and subtly and sparklyly, and he's even got, you know, shades of green to shade in the yellow and orange one, shades of purple to shade in the red one, blue to shade the purple one, like... God, oh, they're lovely. Oh, they're gorgeous. Look at them. (laughs) I have to admit something. Mm -hmm. I have to admit something. Um, I'm going to have to change my whole worldview on the Chaos Emeralds, and I don't like it.
0: Why is that?
1: We are recording this just a couple of days out from uh, GDQ, or Games Done Quick, where people do a lot of speedrunning to raise money for charity. And uh, me and Abby watched a Sonic 3 & Knuckles speedrun which was just over an hour long. It was an hour and three minutes. He was trying for just under an hour. So he was very good at collecting all the Chaos Emeralds. So I got to see Chaos Emeralds being collected very, you know, in rapid succession. I think all within a couple of levels. As we know, what happens is you go over the surface of the planet with all the blue and red Mm -hmm. balls on it and the Chaos Emerald comes towards you over the planet. (laughs) And I think that for the first time ever, I saw... A little point on the back of them and i have to admit that i think they are super emerald shaped lying down and i'm just that doesn't seem right it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> no but i promised that I, we paused it on the frame and everything i'm not happy about it so i'm going to remove that from my head cannon and go back to the chaos emeralds being lovely roundy nuggety ones <laughs> My favorite depiction of the Chaos Emeralds has always been those scattered ones in the opening of Sonic 3 where Knuckles knocks them out of your hand. They're just little, they're different colored, they're lovely, they're little round nuggety things. I love them. So I do not accept that they why would they show us them? I've cuz people always said, "Oh no, the Chaos Emeralds do have that point you just see them from head on." Why does makes make sense? Why would they show you them from the top down? Well, yeah, why? No, I don't I'm I agree with you, but I now have evidence that they may have been doing that. <laughs> And I'm unhappy about it. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is kind of our first sort
0: of introduction of what the Chaos Emeralds can do as well, really, yes. isn't it? We've just really had them turn Sonic into Supersonic before, and even yeah. even that first transformation wasn't
1: credited to the Emeralds. Well, that's the thing. It d- that's not what they do in the comic. That's what they do in the game, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now we have the Chaos Emeralds together, and Robotnik just, he absorbs them all, and I was very happy Just I I was just tingly with excitement to see that in the script it says, uh, "Rich, when Robotnik absorbs the power of the Chaos Emeralds and gets all big." It says, uh, I'm thinking here of the scene in Disney's Aladdin where Jafar turns himself into a genie. <laughs>
0: oh, contemporary <laughs> references. Contemporary references. <laughs> Very excited. That was a direct reference to a thing I knew and loved. Yes, because Robotnik grows supersized when he takes the emeralds and Sonic and Tails pop out of the tube just in time to see this and Robotnik whips around and blasts Tails with a beam of chaos energy and turns into turns glass. him into glass. He can glass. essentially manipulate reality with the chaos yeah. emeralds
1: and that's that is a welcome introduction that's great isn't it they would do some big stories with that later oh yeah they would and also here's something i never noticed until i saw in the script note to richard draw the chaos emeralds floating somewhere around robotnik's hand so you know nigel is imagining that robotnik is like holding his hand up and they're flying around and he's commanding them that way what rich has done is he simply he leaves them up in that pillar of light but he always puts the camera angle so that they're forming a sort of crown round Robotnik's head. Isn't that great? Yeah. They're always drawn around his head as though it's incidental. And
0: that's just really cool. It creates the sense that you know he's not just wielding the power with his hand. Yes. It's that the power is in him now. Yeah, he's
1: it's like he's controlling the island as well if he wants to, Ooh. you know? He's he's now the the power at the center of this. He place. could do
0: anything if he wanted to, but then Knuckles is like, "Hey, before you destroy us all, there's something I want you to see." Oh. Out comes the grey emerald. Oh, the question, so the question good. answered. You said it was lost. Lied about that. Sorry. Oh. And he just uses it to zap Robotnik. It's like all Robot- Robotnik only does one thing: like he turns tails to glass. But it's still such a huge thing. It's you know?
1: enough. It is enough. Yeah, you feel as if like he can do anything and that's the first thing he does and it's like well what's he gonna do now
0: and then uh, knuckles zaps him Tails and uh, sonic think he's i mean Tails and sonic are almost like sort of passengers in this story of yeah. knuckles learning the truth about
1: robotnik they think knuckles has maybe killed robotnik but yeah. he's
0: like no 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 i sent him back down to mobius after removing his powers
1: yes because there's this there's this shot of knuckles standing victorious over a sort of like a, a puddle of mist with a little swirl mm. coming out of it and little fizzling stars so it does look as if he might have done something rather worse yeah. to Robotnik than he did. Atomized him. Yeah, I love this bit from Tails as well. Tails asks, "When did you realize Robotnik had
0: been lying to you?" And, and Knuckles says, "Quite honestly, I didn't, but I knew that if he thought he had the power of the emeralds, the truth would come out." So it's na- you know, it's like Knuckles isn't—he's clever. He's not blindly trusting. You know, he's not quite as naive as perhaps we were led to believe. He's—he's—it's. Yeah. I don't know if it's truly unique to Sonic the comic, but certainly Sonic the... I've said it before of the show, but Sonic the comic's handling of Knuckles is, as far as I'm concerned, the ideal handling of Knuckles, oh, yeah. and not just because it's the one I grew up with. It like, just takes the idea. He's this isolationist, standoffish type. He's yeah. untrustworthy of others. He's been alone for so much of his life that he doesn't also quite know how to carry himself in social situations. So he can be led, but he's no fool either.
1: Yeah, it's great. He just kept that ace up his sleeve because he knew he might need it. It's great. I love these Knuckles.
0: And Sonic even invites him now to come back and help, and Knuckles says, Your war is no concern of mine. He comes out with this line I forgot here at the end, Uh as he looks up at the stars, and we get that sort of classic shot, like (laughs) the kind of shot we were talking about the back in the Sentinel issue, the camera pans (laughs) up and the star twinkles.
1: Shooting star goes down.
0: It is foretold that one day my people will return from the stars, and on that day I will be waiting. Oh, the stars. Yeah, right oh the stars you wonder if it was just a sort of unconscious extrapolation of the fact that we knew the echidnas had vanished like if they didn't exist on the planet anymore if they hadn't died but they didn't exist on the planet anymore then you just have to assume that they vanished to the stars yeah or was it kitchen consciously deciding to do that was it an unconscious extrapolation from the brief or maybe there was something some piece of information that just said it outright.
1: But yeah, the idea that there's this space-faring people or something. I love it. It's cool.
0: In that sort of Atlantean way, it blurs the line between ancient mysticism and ancient super-technology.
1: Yes. Are we in a fantasy or a sci-fi? Well, or in Sonic, both. it's both.
0: Yes. <laughs> yep. And off they head. You know, they part not quite as friends, but not quite as enemies either. Tail says he feels bad. Yeah. Sonic agrees.
1: Yeah. But he
0: can't help thinking we haven't seen the last of Knuckles
1: that's for sure says the caption get ready for
0: robotnik's <laughs> revenge next
1: issue and as they're walking away there's this amazing shot yeah. of the temple in the background with knuckles silhouette on the top of it fists, fists out in the air and into like, the sky bruh what beam are you like, doing up there even like, <laughs> yeah. who is that
0: who is that for <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is for me <laughs> Oh, thank you for these comics.
0: They're so good, cracking stuff. This issue, I have to say, this big Sonic three through Sonic and Knuckles arc like represents the creative team at the height of their powers in the comic, at the height of its golden age. That people, even casual readers who haven't gone back to it in twenty years, remember now as the best of it. Refusal. Refusal. This first one confused me. I don't know if it confused you. Uh, It's a review for Dragon on the Mega Mm -hmm. Drive. Dragon is a fighting game based on the Bruce Lee film of the same name, and I'm no it's not it's based on the biographical <laughs> movie about bruce lee
1: yeah dragon can describe that as a, a bruce lee film i suppose it's yeah, just not but... a bruce lee film <laughs> yeah
0: it's a film about bruce lee it's not a bruce lee i mean no yeah it's... you know what i mean though yeah right? i had to go and look yeah. it up also look it's a weird idea i mean well yeah it's bruce lee so yeah okay like sure put him in a game sure yeah makes sense but yeah. it is a biographical film about bruce lee (laughs) you
1: know i do know yeah i looked up the game because i hadn't heard of it before um but i was a big fan of bruce lee on the zx spectrum Mm. big big fan never watched a bruce lee film huge fan of his game on the spectrum i looked this up to see if i would like this it's just it's basically like imagine a street fighter with a plot so are you implying street fighter doesn't have plot div well, what it doesn't have is little cutscenes in between saying like, I'm the bad guy this level, and then you fight them. All the characters are someone he presumably fights in the film. And so each fight starts with a short cutscene, which is like three or four headshots of characters shouting at each other, where it establishes very basically what the beef is between these two guys. But they're, <laughs> they're all... They're all pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Partly because some of them are obviously digitised stills from the film, while others, you know, even within the same cutscene, are just like really dodgy pixel art of people who must just be made up for the game because they don't look like real people at all. So, but it's just a one-on-one Street Fighter style fighter, yeah? Yeah. Well, sometimes two-on-one, but basically, mm. yeah, you're not it's not a Streets of Rage where you're walking along. Yeah. It'll just be like, "I'll get you Bruce Lee, well I'll <laughs> get you," and then it'll cut to the new fight. And like, so the f- the first one is Bruce, well, Jason Scott Lee, I believe is his name. Yeah, it's the actor's name. No relation. And it's him going, "I want to dance with her." And a bloke goes, this one's mine, get one of your own. And he goes, she is one of my own. And then it cuts to the fight. Okay, that one or other of these blokes is being a bit possessive. Let's assume Bruce Lee is the good guy in this scene. But then the next one is a woman going, hi, my name's April. And then a bloke holding two massive butcher's cleavers goes, get away from that girl. And then Bruce Lee goes, why? And then they fight. That's, that's the introduction to that fight. It, it, it does seem
0: to me that a lot of women need defending against the attentions of Bruce Lee, when you put it
1: like that, doesn't it? It seems that way. I don't know whether... Possibly they could all be the same woman. I don't. I haven't seen the film. But um, the one that I really liked was that the next level, and these are dotted throughout it, are just like practice levels where you're fighting against a practice dummy for a, for a little while until, the, I don't know, you get enough points. But then after that, this character, this digital weird smear of a face appears and goes get off that equipment and bruce lee goes but i've got to finish my workout and then they fight (laughs) oh boy the flimsiest justifications i thought you were gonna say get off that girl (laughs) Not even. just get off that equipment oh i'm training i'll fight you now so yeah dragon the bruce lee story (laughs) get off that equipment i hope that bit's in the film
0: (laughs) the other review here is another fighty one it's super street fighter 2 yeah
1: takes up a lot of yeah, this space Realism.
0: Normally we get three columns in the review zone, but there are yeah. only two games this time, so this this essentially takes up two columns.
1: Yeah. And fair enough, because we do want to get a little look at the graphics of a new Street Fighter, I think. Mm. But it, did you not find it was a weird review? The review was weird, yeah. Like, I mean,
0: like they give it a score of 92, so they're not pretending it's not good, you know, yeah. but it's so... It's a longer review, so they have a little more space to play with, but they they list off all the different versions of Street Fighter that there have been. Though, um, as far as I can see, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the next edition again, the fifth version of Street (laughs) Fighter 2, which was to say that, you know, the Turbo version with the new challengers in, that had come out Um, already in the arcades. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have it listed here. But um, uh, they're just talking about how the Street Fighter juggernaut carries on they talk about uh, the new characters, gameplay has also been improved, group battle, tournament battle, blah, blah, blah. Now, for the bad news, everything else is much the same as before. The game is miserably devoid of any decent fatality moves or surprises. Any traces of imagination was obviously punched out of the SF game programmers a long
1: time ago, and it's like, like, it's not Mortal Kombat, my dude. Yeah, that fatalities are from a different thing. They're not from this. Yeah, the whole tone of the review
0: is like, it says, if you've spent the past four years with your head in a bucket, then <laughs> which is a little amusing, <laughs> then by all <laughs> means, give this uh, screen scrap or a second look. Non-bucket heads are probably better off checking out Mortal Kombat too. And I'm like, It's almost like brand loyalty, is it? They've got to big up the one that was more known for being on the Sega title. Oh, maybe that is what it is.
1: Either that, or just you know, Steve May was a Mortal Kombat fan, which is possible. I mean, look at the look what he next says. Non bucketheads are probably better off checking out Mortal Kombat Two, which at least promises a degree of imagination, if the arcade version is anything to go by. An authentic round of the original Pong game. And that was such a strange thing to say that I looked it up and actually quite like it. Do you know about this? No, tell me. I I meant to look it up, but I should have forgot. What what, what is the story with that? Apparently, in the arcade version of Mortal Kombat 2, if you, for whatever reason, happen to play 250 consecutive fights, right? (laughs) Then this really... It cuts out in a way it never has before. And this really dramatic music plays... (laughs) and text comes up on the screen saying, Congratulations, you have reached the outer limits of the tournament. <laughs> now you must face a challenge from your past. Boop.
0: Boop. <laughs> and it just cuts the pong, pong. Yeah. that's not bad actually yeah.
1: unadorned pong no graphical upgrades just po- well there's there's one upgrade which is that whenever someone scores a point it goes <laughs> it's just literally just
0: pong not even with pong. like mortal combat literally pong.
1: sub-zero's head around the thing or anything that's quite funny isn't it <laughs> it is a little actually i'll yeah, give him point for that um but yeah no this this article is he runs out of stuff to talk about right, to yeah, do with the, the actual f- game
0: the whole last column of the <laughs> (laughs) of the article is here are the endings for the four new characters. In what world does a review tell you what
1: the ending of the game is? Here at Hedgehog Towers, we haven't had time to completely master Super Street Fighter 2 yet, but here are the new character endings for the arcade version. See if they differ from the carton edition. And then he just starts listing them off. Spoilers they don't like. Yeah,
0: he just describes the the endings. And, uh, Fei Long is based on martial arts superstar Bruce Lee. They're sure to tell us. Now Uh you know how things turn out. Your pennies might be put to better use elsewhere. Stop being so salty, Steve May.
1: And then... He, you know, and you've just mentioned the Bruce Lee connection. Um, that's he, he just mentions that during telling us what Phalong's ending in. But then there's a little box of Street Fighter trivia. Yeah, like just, they didn't have enough pictures to fill the yeah. space, so they just had to fill up, A know. bit more stuff. And actually, I was quite interested in all of these. Ryu in Japan means vigorous and successful. I didn't know that. I mean, well, it, it also means dragon, which was probably the more
0: intentional. Ah. I mean, that's what Shoryuken Ken means. Super Dragon Punch.
1: Yeah. And it says here, Ken means fist or punch, yeah. which are two two different emotional extremes Um, (laughs) the two genders (laughs) um, chun Li translates to spring beautiful Mm -hmm. honda and i'm reading these because i object to the last one honda is a typical japanese name that means origin in the fields a nice
0: field specifically but
1: oh right but it doesn't say that here no in japan bulrog is known as m bison which translates to Mike Tyson. Poor choice like of words. See what you were yeah. getting at, but you did yeah. communicate translate that Translate is quite You're right. right. Yeah.
0: But as you say, it comes out with a 92 at the end. Raves, yeah. fabulous graphics. Graves fought over it all before. I mean, and I can't fundamentally disagree with that, even as a kid. Sure. I was like, how many times can they re-release this one game at least this time? Yeah. At least this is the version to get like they put four new characters in this one
1: is that it i mean i never i can i've never been able to figure out which one's the one to get because isn't the next one the same as this but faster Oh uh,
0: yes i mean i'm sure the next one well i don't think the next one got ported to consoles I think this was there were basically only three console versions mm-hmm. two for the SNES and the championship edition for the Mega Drive so then this was the second one I don't think they ported any more to the Mega Drive after this one It's pretty ridiculous though that I've always thought it was ridiculous how many times they just did
1: Street Fighter 2 over and over and over Well and it's and over yeah and over because it's Street clear? Fighter 3 exactly i mean it's clear what it is in the arcade or uh, clear this is the impression i've picked up doing this podcast is that to them what they were essentially doing is going like well street fighter 2 is a bit old now but we but still has the name recognition so they're essentially upgrading Street Fighter 2 yeah. without bringing out a new game. But then and it's easy reason. to do
0: that because it's like a physical... I mean, yeah, you just swap out the Maybe they board. did bring out new physical cabinets. I don't know. Maybe. Presumably they would have needed new art to advertise the characters or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that it's a physical unit yeah. communicates the idea better. Here's an yeah. upgraded version of the thing you had. Yeah,
1: you're would- turning up to the arcade. You're going over to your favorite game, Street Fighter 2, and now it's faster or yeah, has new or, characters. Or- whatever, yeah, but it's a destination. But then when you bring these all out on console. You're asking people to pay. You you were not asked. Not really. You're sort of. It looks like you're bringing out a new game, so people yeah. feel sort of obliged to pay another fifty quid for the new quid. game. There you go. Fifty nine ninety nine. And it turns out to be more or less the same thing. Yeah, we've had this a few times in CC haven't we? Like that Jurassic Park re-release. Oh yeah, the, yeah. an rampage ago. edition or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is that a sequel or is it a game or or what God, is it? God, Dave.
0: Could you imagine living in a world where basically the same game comes out every year with a different title and you're expected to drop 60 notes on it over and over again? I absolutely couldn't. Isn't it a great thing we left that in the past?
1: <laughs>
0: <coughs> Mutantly. 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 Me the Head of Coach Bricka Part 6 written by Steve White and Brian Williamson art by Anthony Williams and Brian Williamson with letters by Tom Frame. The big game between the Midway Monsters and the Slay City Slayers kicks off but it turns out that the Slayers have been equipped with robotic suits that combine into a colossal stunty combineer Fortunately, the giant robot has one very specific weakness. The Razor Kid plugs its thermal port with a football, causing it to blow and allowing the monsters to claim victory. Yeah, so it turned out it wasn't the, uh, the robots uh, that they were telling us about for the entirety <laughs> of the strip. They were just robot suits, after all? Yeah. Or, or, or are they... Like, I'm not clear if... Like, it, it feels like it was... I don't know. you know are these robot suits what they were gonna be all along or are these not the same things as the robot zalgor prig was constantly talking about yeah making because it feels like that should be the payoff
1: yeah because they turn up and they're just in suits they're just in big robot-y armor Mm. and then there's a quite cool panel where two of them slam arms together and different bits kind of just they happen... It, it looks like they've just got pokey-outy bits and slots and they all happen to slot together. And they, I loved this. The onlooking team goes, oh, this doesn't look good. And you think, oh, are they starting to connect? Are they going to connect together? And you turn the page and... The biggest possible <laughs> ludicrous mech suit imaginable with a tiny little orc looking guy that could be fitted on the page <laughs> yeah a tiny little orc looking guy sitting in a dome on the top with his little levers that are operating it it's so funny and it's so well drawn you know to just skip over essentially a whole transformation sequence and fill a page yeah. with just a, a big gubbins covered thing with all rockets and guns and stuff sticking out of it. the stunty combiner carnivore bot <laughs> twice in a row well done <laughs> More of a
0: confirmation that this all seems to be America, by the way, don't you think? Go on, which bit? Well, first of all, we uh, learn the surnames of the commentators Chuck Tempest and Bob Chong. <laughs> but uh, we have a truly moving spectacle as Whitlow Houston renders the national anthem. <laughs> and uh, yes. we have a sort of Whitney Houston parody here, singing a parody of the American national anthem. Oh, say, can you see by the
1: bomb's early light? It's so moving. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a line later on in the actual song about bombs going off, isn't there? Oh yeah, by the rocket's red
0: glare, bombs bursting in air, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: There is a line in there about it in there. I see the Slayers are
0: sporting their new polymer composite carbon fibre main cavalry chassis. What do you think, kid? Might as well be wrapped in warm noodles, bones.
1: That's (laughs) a nice line, I like that, yeah. (laughs) Then
0: again, kidang! (laughs) <laughs> and of course this is all just a big transformer riff because the announcers yeah. look oh what is that thing a car a truck a robot a series of ripoff plastic toys all of the above and more chuck it's a stunty combined econoforma oh and news just in scandal rocks diet Smeg after it's found to contain nutrients <laughs> the mfl is now sponsored by pukazade hypertoxic sports drink. so chocolatey it'll turn your teeth brown uh i'm
1: I'm starting to like Mutant League. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, just in time for it to be yeah. over. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Some the, these are some of the best executed of this whole corporate sponsorship TV football broadcast jokes. These are just some of the best executed ones versus the you yeah. know the confusing. We have had confirmation via Twitter that L.A. Gear used to be a brand of shoe, and that's what L.A.
1: Gimp was referring
0: to back in uh. the
1: day you know i was i've done a clever chris i've done a Ooh. clever clogs uh, clever billy yeah i was looking at this uh, the the big drawing of the mech suit with its sort of th- the Tommy bit which is c3po style inside yes. bit with like rubbery ringsy looking bits just something about the style of that and the smoke in the background and the look of it just reminded me of the machine in the first issue and i looked it up and it's the same guy anthony williams art by anthony williams the first sonic oh, artist. the first
0: sonic oh yeah play
1: me? same guy Do the first um,
0: sonic strip way back in issue one that's Go
1: right gravy. not not helped in those days by brian williamson mm. uh, so the coloring style is remarkably different and actually brian williamson's coloring suits this guy's art better it, assuming that's the arrangement assuming brian williamson's the colorist yeah because you couldn't be sure can't be sure it doesn't actually say it just says art by and then two mm. people but if that is what the difference is, then it's a good difference, and it makes a big difference. I mean, the, the, the drawings are much better in this than they were in that Sonic stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's so clearly
0: working in his own style here than trying to yeah. warp himself to fit the Sonic stuff.
1: But it looks like a different artist, a much better artist. Mm, oh, yeah, and I would never have uh, even thought... Yeah.
0: To go back and look and check that. Wow, that's wild. Well, he's welcome back. I want him on Sonic again now. <laughs> yeah, if he could bring this sort of energy to it. I mean, I think for a first issue, there was probably a certain visual expectation. But knowing that, like, Nigel Kitching will draw some Sonic strips in the future, I mm-hmm. think, j- generally speaking, I could... You know, just look, for instance, at that panel there on page three of Chuck with the bottle of puke as up in front of him. That's a very Kitching-y sort of drawing. You know, I could easily see that art doing Sonic you know, free of any sort of restrictions. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he ever does come back, No, oh, it's a
1: shame. i oh, well, it's... kind of all thrown by that, no? <laughs> now. Now, uh, I wasn't sure what I thought about the joke on page four at the start about the writers.
0: Yeah, I can't uh, decide. I mean,
1: I've concluded it's a Star Wars thing because obviously
0: oh. it's a Star Wars thing if we block the thermal port with a oh, small yes, object, of course it is. you yes. know. That's and. Knowing that these writers already made a specific Star Wars joke in the course oh, of the strip, I get yeah. the vibe that it's not
1: Okay, it, that is
0: better. That is in better. isolation it can seem a little formless as a joke where the Razor Kid just says, yeah, no, I know what these writers are like. Um but if if, if what he's really saying is I know these writers and I know how they'll make a Star Wars reference. Then
1: yeah. That, See Yeah so what it is is that he's just said that thing about if we can block the thermal ducting pipe around the cranial ejector pod it should blow the fuse which of course is a good bit of you know techno nonsense reverse the polarity of the neutron flow exactly skeleton guy goes that's amazing how do you know all this did you major in quantum cybernetic at college and he (laughs) says no i just know the writers real well and now that you've explained that i prefer the joke i read it as him saying like no i've the writers have told me what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I know no, them. I I'm out friends with, with for them. For drinks
0: so. with the writers once yeah. a week, like he knows them as if they were his mates. We
1: talked about it, and they've said it's this. I think the intention is supposed it's to actually, be. It's actually that's yeah. the sort of thing they would do. They that's would the do, sort of yeah. reference. Yeah, I think you're right there that does improve it oh look at the snazzy uh panel border on the next one it's not just ziggy zaggy and scribbly it's got little bits coming off it
0: yeah i don't know what's going on with that one no, out of the way like Doughboy. Pump. <laughs> i love this slightly bemused referee in the <laughs> midst of, what purpose does a ref serve in a game of mutant league football <laughs> yeah. i
1: ask you nothing obviously as this guy runs past he's just fully upside down and in the air yeah there's not even a particular like impact mark or anything he's just like (laughs) boof in the second to last panel as they're being interviewed about their success there's a crowd shot in the background faded into the background by coloring them all a kind of golden yellow and Mm. uh, i'm having a look at them that's postman pat right top left oh
0: it is an all that's
1: postman pat (laughs) that
0: is postman pat
1: (laughs) they're in the crowd and I, there's something about the odd conglomeration of lines creating a face underneath him. I, I think that might be Gilbert off Get Fresh. You remember the puppet alien Gilbert? I Gilbert's?
0: remember Gilbert, but it looks a bit more like Slimer to me.
1: Oh, you Oh, you could be right there. Yeah, we do know this artist drew Ghostbusters, don't we? The reason I thought Gilbert was because of the bits of hair sticking off the lumpy top of him, and the sort of sticky-outy, trumpety, ear-shaped thing.
0: Mm, but that could be an arm.
1: Yeah, and Gilbert has great big lips, which this guy doesn't have. Mm. So yeah, that could well be Slimer. I think. Oh, and in fact, the hair—it's not. It's not hair. It's oh, it one is, line from Postman, Postman Pat Pat's and one neck, line. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and then just one line from some other thing behind them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's Slimer. But that's I all never I can find.
0: Gilbert, you know, he yeah.
1: too gross. I'm I liked Gilbert because there was a couple of sketches in Gilbert's fridge that I enjoyed. How far to hitchin'? It's hitchin'. I'm missing. How far to hitchin'? It's hitchin'. I'm missing. How far to hitchin'? It's hitchin'. I'm missing. How far to hitchin'? It's
0: hitchin'.
1: I'm missing. But when I watched a bit of him yesterday, when finding out if he looked like this. I didn't like how he never shut up. I don't... <laughs> well, that was uh, a lot of those puppet characters back then. Well, I think his whole gimmick was that literally, as the pre- real presenters were trying to do the show, he literally, literally never shut up. So he was always looking at the camera and having his own little conversation. And like, that's quite funny as a concept, and I do quite like it, but the... The presenters couldn't quite keep it up. Gaz Top's there, like, constantly fumbling and pausing and trying to get a word in. They've used lots of computer graphics oh, in this whole thing. Them. Hmm? Uh, computer Did you know There's graphics. a story, That's all a is story is. that says yeah. that if Britain is ever invaded again, yeah. then Drake's drum will sound. This drum, apparently, that he had at the time. Oh. Now, they've got a computer graphic oh. simulation of Drake's drum, which they use a well, lot. that'll frighten and them all off, would That'll frighten the adversaries off. They're going to use that as the start of all these reports about the... (laughs) And it didn't quite... uh, It was a little bit like dodgy improv, where one person's trying to make jokes and the other one doesn't get them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that's all I could find that I recognised in that crowd scene. I'm sure there's other little Easter eggs. Write in if you know them. And uh, that's the end of Mutant
0: League. Yeah, they conclude that by winning the game... Bones has also won uh, Brenda's heart and they're gonna get married but he doesn't seem very keen on the notion
1: (laughs) the horror the horror I do quite like that it's been bugging me a little bit since the first episode that part of the prize was the hand in marriage of this this sort of she doesn't seem to know what's going on she doesn't there there isn't consent there but then also the guy doesn't want to marry her at all and now she does so okay the, uh, the, uh, it's it's equally non-consensual on all sides so that's <laughs> great
0: <laughs> remember Mutant League is not only fun but educational if you want to see more write to Megadroid and apparently not enough people did because there would uh. never be any more Mutant League uh. which is a shame I think I think it is yeah it's a good little concept I think that it rambled a bit at the very start it did I think it settled in nicely as it went on
1: that's why I think it would be better to have a second series you know when they've yeah. got the hang of it
0: Presumably a second series would have had to
1: do hockey. Sure. Yeah, maybe (laughs) because they'd done football already. Yeah. Yeah. And the Winter Olympics (laughs) We've got uh, Gary Penn writing to us about Doom the PC mega hit is coming for the Mega Drive 32x
0: Hooray Question mark. Yeah, it was a launch title for the 32x wasn't it?
1: Uh, Was it? I think so.
0: I love this sentence. The top-selling, award-winning 3D blaster that's been gripping owners of PC-compatible computers.
1: Oh, PC-compatible computers! Personal
0: computer-compatible computers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, games used to say either PC-compatible or IBM-compatible on them, didn't they, when you bought them for PC? I wouldn't know, Dave. Well, no, but neither did I. I just knew that. I must have seen them. I must have have already been looking at other people's games in the shops. I definitely know that I went into a branch of... um, something along the lines of electronics boutique or game and looked at Baldur's Gate there on the shelf and thought oh that looks like a good little ruse but i didn't have a pc so i was just i was just looking over the garden fence at what the other half had you know they also say it's a sequel to wolfenstein which, of course, it wasn't. No, but it was sort of, wasn't it? From the same people, yeah. Yeah, it was their next game, and it was a logical progression from, rather than an actual sequel to. If he'd have said spiritual sequel, they would have had no problem, but... Uh, what else is there to say? It's Doom. It's Doom, and that's what he says. He says it's Doom, and that maybe there's going to be a film going into production shortly.
0: Oh, yes, that's what they do say, that, and of course it would have be been over Ooh. ten years before the film actually happened. Wow. But uh, yeah. But
1: they were talking about it, even as far back as that doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult to make a film out of doom does it no but they took that long and it came out bad anyway (laughs) and then jurassic skateboard park look out it's a dinosaur on wheels is the subtitle for that one yeah this is one of those
0: games that doesn't feel like it deserves this number of column inches (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i guess
1: they were a little desperate for stuff to fill the news zone this issue spreads across to the next page with like two large pictures and two small And it's just a cute cartoon animal platformer about a skateboarding dinosaur, which did come out, but I don't remember it. Never played it. Look for the review next issue. It looks a little bit Son of Chuck.
0: Then there's another little section here just telling us that Bomberman game they showed us a while back is going to come out. And I always knew that because I got it for Christmas this year. Mega Bomberman. Really enjoyed it, but as I say, I I think I've said on a previous episode, never did finish it.
1: And then we have some short bursts. The first of which is telling us about the Echo sequel, Tides of Time, that's coming out, and mentions there's an all-new look, all-new soundtrack, all-new 3D bonus stage, and, fortunately for our mammal mate, a newfound friend by the name of Trelia. I don't know anything about Echo 2, so I looked it up and Trelia looks quite cool. She's a future dolphin. Ooh, a dolphin from the future. And she's got big, like, wings! 'Cause that's what dolphins involve in the future. That's cool. That's neat.
0: I did chuckle at this, but um <laughs> the evil vortex is back and the only way to get rid of it is to reconstruct the asteroid. Uh, yeah, right. As if like the idea being that like as if that's a confusing sentence or didn't make any sense, whereas <laughs> like, um you ran a strip about Echo in this yeah. comic. Like, everybody reading this knows what that means. That's not an um-yeah-right situation. We <laughs> exactly. might be asked the write. We know what its deal
1: is. We know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, right, cheap and cheerful. Mm. Look, a- look out for the distinctive brown paper packaging of Sega's new classic range of re-releases for the Mega Drive, Master System, and Game Gear. This is what we were speculating yes. about back in the charts. But it is it is not those, because no. these are starting at 9 which, yeah... That's a good price. Yeah, that's a great price.
0: Shinobi 3, Joe Montana Football 3, Mickey and Donald, and Tailspin for the Mega Drive, Donald Duck, Lucky Diamond Caper, Master of Darkness, and Wonder Boy and Monster World for the Master System, and Streets of Rage, Leaderboard, and Crystal Warriors for the Game Gear. A mixed bag of quality there, says Uh.
1: STC. Now, there is no Mickey and Donald, so that must be World of Illusion. Well, yeah, 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 that must be, yeah, it must be which is a great game that's a grand thing to get for a tenner well well done to anyone who got that we got the uh so the packaging right yeah we got the normal packaging for that game so we mustn't have got this version where it says here look out for the distinctive brown paper packaging of the new classic range and i thought that they meant you know cheap and cheerful no frills packaging Mm, but look at it yeah we both you you looked looked it up up.
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you know i looked It, it up it actually what
1: utter rubbish yeah what, what it actually genuinely is is that they've taken the box art for whatever the games are and they have in fact released a new box it's not wrapped in brown paper no. but it's made to look like it is yeah with it with a hole torn in the front of it showing the original box art through it yeah but just a little bit just whatever the yeah, middle yeah, of bit. the box art is mm. yeah and it's just a little hole so honestly like the whole Box to it's it's you know how like budget ranges uh, you know the tesco budget range or whatever hmm. when it's where they don't want you to buy that so they make it look bad <laughs> <laughs> never stop me <laughs> and that's what they've done here
0: yeah it's shocking how rubbish it looks i don't yeah. i don't know that they genuinely i mean because like you were saying these are probably just the same carts that they couldn't shift probably, and repackaged yeah. so you wouldn't want them to look crap but i i, <laughs> I think that was just Nobody was paying attention. Graphic design
1: was their passion, but uh, no, that didn't know. <laughs> Next thing, STC campaigns against the 32X here. In this <laughs> section. Uh, 32X bandwagon picks up speed and they start to say support for Sega's new Mega Drive booster, the Mega Drive 32X is strong. <laughs> well, is it not? I'm glad to hear it. Looking forward to that then. Yeah, they list
0: off a couple of things that are uh, on the way. Uh, Core Design's Soul Star. That mm. didn't come out. No. BC Racers, that did come out. Virtuous Star Wars. Oh, Oh, a
1: conversion of the Super Star Wars arcade machine. Yes.
0: Took me a second to find out that that did come out, but under the title Star Wars Arcade.
1: That's a shame. They should have called it Star Wars The (laughs) (laughs) Coin-Op.
0: And uh, Virtua Racing Deluxe did also come out as well. Rumour has it Sega are looking at a £180 bundled pack for the 32X, while the uh, standalone price would be £150. But according to
1: Wikipedia, it was £170. When it came out. Without or with? Without. Without any games! Bye. Because the way that they word it here is they, they start with the current projected price for the 32X mm, is 150 projected. down yeah. with no added games thrown in. So it's like already there, planting a little seed, like, this sounds a bit expensive. Mm. And then it goes, STC's advice is simple. Sit tight and wait for the range of games to grow. Yeah, right? (laughs) The, The Mega Drive may be going out of fashion, but the best is yet to come, and 32X prices are certain to drop during 1995. Ooh. They are telling us not to buy the 32x here, and sure enough, we did not. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, obviously, it was uh, the global influence of uh, STC that <laughs> ruined the 32x's chances. <laughs> was it even possible to buy a Mega Drive without a game bundled in with it by this stage? Oh, probably not by this stage. No, I don't know. Even I back at know. the start,
1: did they? Was it possible to just buy a Mega Drive? I don't think so. Oh. No, you ended up with something, even if it was just Altered Beast. Yeah it's just i
0: mean remember how master systems literally used to yeah. have alex kid built into the console yeah. where yeah. if you just didn't put a cartridge in it and flipped the switch there was alex kid
1: is it really harder in the modern day to sell playstation fives with something already installed on the hard drive you know God, give us I never games. even
0: thought yeah <laughs> on account of how they actually have a hard drive
1: <laughs> you've got a hard drive
0: And uh, last thing in the uh, new zone then is the adventures of Batman and Robin, based on the yes. TV series coming out. I never played that.
1: No, me neither. Well,
0: I don't. I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> great series. I don't know
1: why I didn't play this thing. That was such a great TV show. It was a good TV show. And it was a good. That's the thing. It's a good TV show. But like, just in the one year that we've been reading a STC, mm. we've had multiple Batman games coming out. We've and we've had the Hulk game. We have had this and that game it's just like they just keep coming and they're relentless and I don't care about them they're all just <laughs> they're all just a man in a mask going like this side to side and punching and stuff it's just yeah, like you gonna rest yeah
0: you're not wrong there there are uh there are only so many different things you can do I mean even even all superhero games that come out now seem to just want to be arkham
1: I mean I saw the advert uh, pop up on Steam this very morning for the Avengers and I was just like I I couldn't possibly care less. I don't know why, because I loved this recent Spider-Man game. That was brilliant. Great game, but Lovely. just really wanted to be Arkham. <laughs> yeah that's that, i don't mind that too much because i quite want games to be arkham as well i love me a metroidvania and arkham's a good well,
0: one yeah okay but when i say they want to be arkham i mean <laughs> they all go so far as to also have a hallucinogenic sequence where the world yeah. changes after the character gets yeah it's like my dude seriously <laughs> you could not be ripping off that one thing that happened in what? that one game and it was really
1: cool one time <laughs> yeah you're right there. anywho
0: Just
1: some adverts! Just the page of adverts! We've got a page split in two horizontally, down at the bottom it's yet more Sabutio. The quote this time from John King, you'll notice United's new strip is different from the old one. But the top is a new advert that we haven't had before.
0: Yeah, this excited me. Yeah. Free when you buy a KFC Colonel's kids meal. You get a free matchbox car wait no is it are they are they three different is, things or are they the all thing. one thing exactly so what it is <laughs> right? okay.
1: is this advert by itself is also split left to right and on the left it says free and then there's a, a cluster of logos there's yes. the matchbox logo of matchbox free cars matchbox monster, in my, monster in my pocket space aliens just space aliens yeah and then on the right there's a picture of you know like a moon-y planet and some you know drawings of obvious little plastic toys shooting each other with little laser guns and at the back some random characters who presumably Hmm. are something to do with the kfc colonel kids gang or something yeah they have that look right yeah there's a cat there's a god what does the girl look like is it crystal tips or is it the trio girl it's it's an amalgamation of various existing things yeah a bit of that yeah and then there's whoever the Bash Street Kid Wilfred is. Wilfred from got, the Bash Street Kid. Yeah, that's, that's got the, the jumper pulled <laughs> the up to jumper his jumper up to the nose. <laughs> okay, so I looked it up because... I knew what Matchbox was, and I knew yeah. what Monster in My Pocket was. You hear Matchbox, thought, you think little cars.
0: You know Monster in My Pocket, the little rubber figurines, the, the Keshigomu. But then space aliens, sorry, the whatty-watot. Keshigomu, that's the Japanese term for those little rubber figurines. That's where the, the concept originated. So Monster in My Pocket is a Transformers. It's a repackaged Japanese toy. Uh, no, the conceit originated in Japan with Kinikuman, oh. the fighty series. The, and those were imported and became muscle
1: what's Look, the what is M. U. Yeah, the, yes
0: i'm trying to remember what muscle stands for but i cannot um and then that sort of inspired monster in my pocket and all the rest of it oh,
1: And Keshi right. keshigomu
0: is japanese for eraser
1: gum Gomu, gum okay don't ever say this podcast isn't educational that i am very educated now that's great oh i was a i loved monster in my
0: pocket. who didn't love a monster in
1: your pocket oh got children's world stood looking at the shelf my favorite box of them i'd picked a favorite one for some reason nobody ever bought it and it had you know a i think a purple witch and an orange phantom or something like that and i was just oh i wanted it they were squishy chris they were they squishy were... what do you have in your pocket monster in my the pocket they're here they're everywhere they're squishy monster in my pocket new from matchbox
0: and they would all come with the little leaflet and there would be all the ones you'd never own.
1: In the end, we ended up with quite a lot of them. We ended up with a... Uh, as babies, you know how when you're a baby you have bath toys mm. to play with in the bath wall? What we had to keep them in was a sort of like a hammock net that was suckered onto the bathroom wall. And that whole bag became filled with monster in the pockets by the mid-90s. Yeah, Oh because my brother got one of not the big mountain set but yes, I of, remember that mm, but one of the two mountain sets you could get that would make up to be that he, he got that so we had loads of them. well anyway but i didn't recognize this third logo of just mm. space aliens and of course it was really difficult to google i went to googling i nearly wrote a tweet asking people if they could recognize this mm. because if you type in space aliens on its own you're not gonna get nothing yeah and space aliens toys the two things you get even if you put like figures or figurines or toys you get Aliens, the film, Toys, uh, yeah. or the fact that apparently Space Aliens was the official name for the monsters in the early series of Power Rangers. Oh, okay. So you just get that. I did not know that. It turns out the answer was simpler than I thought, and you've already figured it out or hinted mm. at it. It was Matchbox, Monster in My Pocket, Space Aliens. It's a single yeah. set. It's It's Space Aliens,
0: the sub-range of Monster in My Pocket, as produced by Matchbox. Matchbox.
1: Space Aliens was, I think, the seventh series of Monster in My Pocket, so we're quite a way in. Yeah. So what this means is that if you buy a KFC Kids meal, Mm -hmm. you get a little bit of plastic tat in the shape of a little fighty alien man. The way it used to be, when times were good,
0: (laughs) I still lament the loss of free things in cereal. Yeah. Because now we have to be healthy. And it's actually probably not a good thing to trick children into eating
1: unhealthy food with the promise of a free toy. But we survived! (laughs) I feel as if there is a really easy way to fix all of this problem, which is that, yes, we're not allowed ricicles anymore, let alone little toys inside a box of ricicles. Why not supply little toys inside boxes of Special K? Like, or something healthy. (laughs) Because no child would eat Special
0: K even for a matchbox monster in my pocket space aliens.
1: I feel like they might, or... I don't know, man, that's your mom's breakfast. But therein lies the trick, you see. You see, wouldn't your mum, if you were like, mum, 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 I want a toy, and your mum's like, uh, culture has tricked me into thinking I should eat more Special K, <laughs> isn't that the perfect combination? You know, you're
0: right there, yeah. A
1: little something for
0: everybody. Yeah. Now <laughs> oh, these days it would probably be a... DVD ROM. No, actually, these days what am i talking about <laughs> <laughs> a CD ROM. Remember that period whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever DVDs and CDs started to replace figurines as promotional oh, yeah. items. That was depressing.
1: You'd get a little CD with the sides cut off, and it had a little mm. game on, didn't it? Yeah. A little line I said, up no, the target, shoot,
0: shoot a missile, Pew. <laughs>
1: But why not shoot this virtual missile? It's for your computer. Yeah, I know. I've got games for the computer. Real ones. Uh, I'm eating my cereal that makes me poo better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Free better poo.
1: Free poo with your cereal. This cereal does. (laughs) What, (laughs)
0: Nintendon't? right anyway anyway so monster in my pocket was great i wonder if these were unique or exclusive space aliens or if they were just regular ones that you could buy in shops anyway
1: to look at them i think they were just regular ones you could buy in shops because there was only 16 oh and it says 16 to collect and i happen to know that there were 16 in the normal series so yeah, they're just normal
0: Oh, see, well, see, I was thinking that there were four, and they were available in four colors, since there's an orange, one, a blue, one, a purple one, and a yellow one in the picture here, but then I presume that a... vacuum-headed thing in the background of the picture well, yes. is one of them as well, so 16 distinct monsters in my pocket. Yep. That's a lot so yeah that does really make it sound like yeah they're just like yeah here's a crate of the figures buck one of those in the box when the way eats the chicken
1: yeah yeah i suppose mind you do you know what having never heard of space aliens and mm. having been a monster in a pocket fan at around this time maybe a bit earlier than this time i wonder if they were not really released in the uk except via kfc could it mm-hmm. have been an exclusive license I, don't I can't even remember if we had a KFC in the town by... Uh, this is the thing! By the time this happened? I had my very first KFC the day I saw Men in Black. I can tell you that much. So if they were there at all, they were... You know, they, they weren't ubiquitous in those days. I, I definitely definitely don't remember there being such a thing as a Colonel's Kid meal. I remember those. I, oh, I remember
0: having those when I was younger, but that was, ah, I say younger, old enough to be eating a full-size <laughs> burger, but still young <laughs> enough to want the free toy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I yeah. will tell you the story of my favourite discontinued fast food hamburger, <laughs> if you'd like <laughs> to hear it. do are you a wimpy man <laughs> no 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 this was from McDonald's this was a film tie in this is my McDonald's Sichuan <laughs> sauce story a film tie in story it was a tie in to the terrible film Dinosaur from Disney <laughs> such a bad film and McDonald's did a burger. this was when I was doing my uh, post secondary education yeah. it was called a triple decker <laughs> and it was three burgers And that's really all there was to it. It didn't have any special accoutrement beyond that. It was just three
1: burgers. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because it was a dinosaur tie-in, when you first got a glimpse of it, did it look like it was going to be really great? And then when you actually tried it, it was really revolting. No, no, I remember
0: very much enjoying it. And not only it, but they also, this was, this was, uh, when did Dinosaur come out? You'll know
1: must have been 2000, I think. Yeah, yeah. and
0: of course it was. I was in my post-secondary education. So this was after I would have visited America on family holidays for the first time, only a couple of years beforehand, and discovered, (laughs) discovered, Dave, the the heretofore untold delight that is the mozzarella stick.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. And
0: as part of this dinosaur promotion, McDonald's also did mozzarella sticks Uh, i can't remember what they called them they were dinosaur themed in some capacity doesn't really matter
1: and then they took them away
0: from me (laughs) and they've brought them back since but they're not the
1: same oh were they not what's the difference i don't
0: think so i don't know i'm not 18
1: anymore so it's the mozzarella stick that's the thing you miss it's
0: part of it because i for the short length of time That that was a thing I went ham on those bad boys. (laughs) I would have the burger meal and a side of the mozzarella sticks as well.
1: Because you haven't described the burger as particularly nostalgic. No, it's just there were three of them. Yeah. Do you understand
0: what I'm saying, Dave, that there were three burgers? Here. Right. I can't remember I gen you know what? It might have had bacon and cheese on it. I yeah. genuinely have no idea. There were three of
1: them, and that's the main takeaway. There was so much fat in them that you, you, your your brain was unable to form new memories because there was too much fat. Yeah, it's kinda of like Homer eating the McRib. <laughs> but is there
0: any evidence for any of this existing anywhere on the internet? Not the first. <laughs> First time we've had to say on this podcast is their balls, <laughs> but I had them. I was there. I know they were real. And write in if you had
1: them too. <laughs> yeah. it's DCTPodcast at gmail.com. Tales, Zone Runner, and the Flock, Part Two, written by Mark Isles, art by Roberto Corona, Bob Corona. letters by Ella Fell. Tales is saved from nuts and bolts by Sab. Leader of the flock, a group of underground resistance fighters. Over his protestations she dubs him a zone runner, one who travels the zones of Mobius fighting Robotnik, and takes him to the flock's underground base where they assemble a plan to stop Nusen's scheme to flood the surrounding zones with Mega Mac. This Hi, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You may have been expecting worse from me. It's a Mark Isles Tales, but... Uh, I was. I was expecting a lot of venom. You know, venom. I'll be able to tell you exactly for why. Because uh-huh. it's not really a Tales strip. Yeah. I mean... It's not he's a passenger in a story that Isles is telling about his original characters, yeah. The Flock and Nuts and Bolt.
1: And it doesn't reflect well on Tails. No. But the actual story is all right. It is. Now, the pro- I did have a a bit of a problem with it, which is that... Well, it's more that I've always remembered this story as having this sense that, like... I wasn't interested in it, and I was trying to figure out why, and I always remembered this sense of not being in on something, in on some reference that the whole thing hung on. But now, Mm -hmm. I'm an adult now, I've now seen Blade Runner a few times, and I still kind of get that same feeling. It's like, they're not doing a Blade Runner thing.
0: No, they're not. That's the thing. Like, Zone Runner is a reference to Blade Runner, and it's in this story that uh, Saab takes... Tails to a cache and gives him a coat and some kind of computery gadget he wears on his belt. It probably has reference later, I don't remember. but And that's the worst part of it, because this is where this piece of iconography that we also see on the cover of Tails wearing this big brown Deckard's coat. And yeah. it's too big for him. So again, it's part of this insistence Iles has on infantilizing Tails and <laughs> making him look like a child wearing a grown-up's clothes. But beyond that... The rest of it isn't Blade Runner. Sab isn't any kind of a Blade Runner reference.
1: Yeah, the because we're on Mark Isles here. He's the one who does the comedy the names, names, right? Yeah, but only
0: ever in twos.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what Sab is a reference to, or what it is, and I, I don't. I can't think of anything. It might be nothing. Yeah. Maybe I feel distant from this because Tails isn't on any sort of real journey of discovery here. Like, he's, not, it's not because he's not brave or not a tough fighter in this one. It's just because... Uh-
0: Although, to hear him
1: tell it, he yeah. isn't.
0: Oh, uh, thanks for all the stuff. I-, I don't know if I need it. Oh, Sonic could make better use of it. Maybe you could just show me the way out of the zone so I could find Sonic. He should be doing this. I'm not very brave at all. So the typical bullshit, <laughs> Isles Tails. But he's the strip's not about him, so it's just background noise.
1: Yeah. And I think I have an objection to that here because, like, the flock seem to be a hardcore resistance group who act Mm. like experts in espionage and guerrilla warfare and they're all bigger and tougher looking than Tails or even Mm -hmm, than, like, mm -hmm. Sonic or Knuckles. And they have a base and they've got equipment and weapons and systems and lockers and bunks. They're completely organised and yet we've never seen any evidence of them existing before this. They're either completely ineffectual or completely self-sufficient. In which case, in either case... I don't really know why we need to be shown this. Like, Tails can't help them. He can't contribute to this. Mm. This is fine. This is a fine little story and concept yeah. that there are these... About the flock,
0: it's a fine little story. I mean, this specifically, yeah. we're told they're the previous inhabitants of the chemical plant zone yeah. from before Robotnik built the plant over their zone.
1: When it was all meadows.
0: That's a good idea. So their activities are obviously entirely confined to the chemical plant zone. It's about liberating their home. So that's why we haven't seen them outside of that setting, so...
1: But you know. I'm but I'm left as a reader feeling kind of similar to Tails, which is like, okay, what do you expect me to do about this? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm being told about this. i tell you what it Here's what it is. So the concept here is that there used to be these lovely animals and then Robotnik invaded and he turned their zone nasty mm-hmm. and now we're finally being shown their underground resistance cell. Well, that's the Freedom Fighters. That's just the normal story, but about some sheep that I don't care about instead of about Sonic, Tails, Amy, Johnny, Porker. I mean, tell you
0: what strikes me is drop tales from this, you've yeah. got yourself a perfectly solid premise for another three part Sonics world.
1: Yes. That's it. That's that's what it. What else goes on
0: elsewhere on the planet Mobius where local fighters try to push back against takeovers of their zones?
1: Yeah, whereas we're given Tails as a sort of POV character, but he isn't able to contribute, so he's just... Uh, because of the way Isle specifically writes the yeah. character as a child who can't contribute. Yeah, wouldn't this be a great story for, like, Porker or Johnny, where... They find yeah, somebody this... who
0: could get on their level.
1: Yeah, they find another freedom team. You could
0: ring a genuinely good story out of it if it was Sonic. Yeah. Because there would obviously be a clash of
1: attitudes. There'd be a clash of attitudes, and there'd be this discovery that, oh, they're not the only... Oh, we're the freedom fighters, aren't the only freedom fighters? Yeah, out right there, yeah. That discovery means they should team up, but they would be bristling at first. Mm-hmm. Make it a Porker Lewis story, and Porker gets to, oh, I'll help you, and then Sonic finds out that he's helping this other team, and gets to bristle about that. But with Tails, hey, look, I don't know where it's going to go because I can't remember, but right now with Tails, it looks more like he's just brought into this world that he can't help with, has nothing to do with him. And so instead, I have to just care about these sheep. And at the moment, I don't yet.
0: I don't not care about them. I mean, I think their deal is laid out pretty clearly, what the whole concept of the characters is and everything. But it's a weird sort of cross mix because it's supposed to be a tail strip, but it's not a tail strip. And then they're in the way of this tail strip and everything is done through Tails' POV. So we don't get like, you know, if we could see inside Sab's head thought bubbles from her or something and learn more about the character in isolation which we would if this was just a sonics you know even without if you didn't even have any other freedom fighters at all and just had a little sonics world strip about these original characters doing their due Mm,
1: for
0: you know three
1: parts of four pages it could be that my disconnect from this comic is similar to one of the various disconnects that i have from cam and burt which is that these sheep do not fit the design style of a Porker lewis or a johnny lightfoot They are big, burly, human-bodied humans with fairly realistic sheep heads. And that doesn't gel with me. That's not what I'm reading Sonic for. It's not like, I don't hate it or anything, it's just it doesn't slot in. So when I'm seeing these guys, I would much rather be looking at Johnny and Porker and Amy.
0: Yeah, as Corona, he's not... He's not there yet. Like, as I say, I remember his later stuff being better, but there's still some very ropey stuff. Like that last panel of tails on the last page. Yes, that's a bit... buggy eyes, offset mouth. Don't look right. Tongue sticking out. It's a bit Mac and me looking. Oh, God, it is and all. (laughs) Because he's got such bulgy eyebrows. Yeah. Also, the Mega Mac looks like poo. It does look like poo. It's not... It's brown. Why is it not pink? It's not the right (laughs) colour. Pink? I really do like, though, the panel on page one where uh, Saab tosses a flash grenade up through a manhole cover and it mm. blinds Nutsan while she drags Tails down into the sewer. And I really do like the panel where Nutsan is blinded by the flash. Yeah, it's cool.
1: Nice bold blacks on that. Yeah, what we're looking at is not someone who's not good at drawing comics. No, no, it's not that, yeah. It's someone who's not quite comfortable with Tails. Same as how, you know, we've just discovered that the art guy for Mutant League also was a bit ropey at mm. drawing Sonic. I do like I, I quite like nuts and bolts face, and I like and I like the little smiley face bomb that Saab chucks in. Yeah, that's the that's the flash grenade. Yeah, that's that's lovely. It's it's just a little
0: bomb with a face on it, little smiley face. Yeah. So there's not a lot to say here as a story. It's probably better than anything else has done with Tails.
1: It's just not done with tales. Hmm. You know. I shall wait and see how i get on with the story as it goes
0: yeah on. i don't really remember how this goes. i mean i'm sure Tails must have the big hero moment at the end that saves everybody or uh, so, since yeah. it's isles more likely Tails trips
1: and accidentally hits a button <laughs> that saves everybody now the thing is i don't mind the general premise of that as how you write a tales strip right the if the idea of tales kind of tripping over and saving there accidentally doesn't inherently offend me but the way i would want it is that we acknowledge that Tails is perfectly good at being a freedom fighter, but on this occasion, keeps falling over, and it's just annoying that they don't get to see what he is good at. I think the version of that I would find funny, but it would have to be funnier.
0: Yeah, and that's a but that's like a one-strip gag premise, where it's like, no, honestly, I kick ass. It's just today I'm yeah. having an off day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. But that would have to be funnier. The, mm. I think that's what we have here, is a, a story that's taking itself quite seriously. Yes. But mixed in with this Tales who's ineffectual.
0: It's trying to be a pretty straight, sort of underground rebel story. There are a few good lines in it. We get that repeat of the, the S-word joke from last issue, where Tails I mean, the first words out of Tails' mouth again, what would Sonic do? And I do love how Nuts and Bolts, all bold italics, no no exclamation marks, don't use that S-word in my control room! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the final line from Tales as we go out onwards, uh, you know, he's trying to say, no, I'm really not brave at all and useless. I'm a useless child. Sab says, no, you were fighting Nuts on but when I find you. And Tails says, I wasn't exactly fighting him. I think he was just about to turn me into a fashion accessory <laughs> in reference to the uh, necklace of severed heads Nutsen keeps around his neck. And this isn't the only serial with the flock in it. I can remember that. There is another, we get another one of these afterwards. So it's so, in retrospect, Even more so, it is so obvious that Isles really thought he was onto something with these characters and wanted to tell stories about them and just kind of had to do it through the the prism of tales.
1: Why do I recognise so hard this drawing of tales, bottom left on the second to last page? Was that a sticker? Was that that turned into a sticker?
0: Ooh, I think it might have been, yeah, somewhere along the way, yeah.
1: It was, and it's on my old wardrobe, under my old bed. Pictures posted on Twitter, attached to episode 35, and beyond that... I don't know, you just have to ask us for them, I suppose. That's why I find it so familiar. And I've just checked, it was also the next issue page of the issue before last. So (laughs) we were thoroughly exposed to this particular piece of art. A much overused drawing of tails for one that isn't even particularly good.
0: (laughs) And yet is probably still the best
1: drawing of tails in this entire strip let's see probably i'm i have a soft spot for the second to last one with its bone style peanutsy style eyebrow ridge not the one we were talking about a minute ago where his big lumpy eyebrows the one before mm. that where it's just a little frustrated wiggly line i, I, I quite like that one mm. but um yes it, i think it probably is he's quite cute in this drawing he is but again that's part of the
0: whole make him look like a child dressing in daddy's clothes type thing that they're doing.
1: that's it yeah so there we go Tails. um there's another episode of that <laughs>
0: Just the madness. Madness. Just the then there's the Eternal Champions page that Megadroid mentioned. It's just a full page ad for for the new Eternal. It's not it's not the ad for next issue. It's uh, it's just a page advertising the fact there's going to be a new Eternal Champions strip next issue. It's yep. uh, Shadow and Larson. One of these fighters is from the past. The other is from the future. They are both Eternal Champions. It's time to kick it again with the Eternal Champions. New series starts
1: next issue. And they are posing underneath a poster for Al Jolson. Why, so they are. <laughs> they are. They it are say, it old... says Jazz featuring Al Jolson. Swine special, Radio City. Well, I am look forward to finding out what that's all about. Q Q Cue zone. This, ugh, this f up immediately. Right, okay. The whole gimmick of the page is that it's. This is Sonic Solved, Sonic 3, Part 3, The Bosses. And Mm. so it'll be, you know, Marble Garden, Act 1, here's the boss in Act 1, Act 2, here's the boss in Act 2. But straight away, the very first thing printed is Angel Island, Act 1, and they start to describe the Act 2 boss. And then Act 2, and they continue to describe the Act 2 boss. Yeah, I didn't
0: quite have time to get out my copy of Sonic 3 just to check that. But I was like, this isn't right, surely. It's entirely describing Robotnik's flame machine with the waterfall boss fight.
1: Unless, I mean, there is an Act 1 boss that does shoot flames... The one that he also shoots little bums. Do you, do you think is that what they're describing? No, it's not, is it? No, no. He talks about the waterfall and everything. Yeah, no, no. It's Doctor super Robotnik wrong. will appear from behind the waterfall. It's just wrong. And then it divides the wrongness up into Act One and Act Two completely arbitrarily. Yeah, it
0: doesn't feel
1: like. It's just the next bullet point. Yeah, it's okay, so it says, Act 1, Robotnik will appear from behind the waterfall and fly about. Next bullet point, he'll disappear back into the waterfall and materialize to the far right behind a screen of water, blah, 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 blah. Next column, Act 2, Dr. Robotnik's Flamecraft, also the subtitle for the first bit. Mm -hmm. Next bullet point, as soon as Robotnik appears, jump up and hit him. Quickly go left before he releases a firebomb. They're continuing to tell us about the same boss. Yeah, but starting over again. Are they starting, or are they talking about how... About what are they talking about? It's bad. I can't tell. (laughs) Anyway, so
0: what we've concluded is they've missed out the first Angel Island boss. Not that there needs to be any real direction on how to beat that thing. You just jump and hit it. There's nothing more
1: to it. You just bash it it a couple of times. Yeah, Yeah.
0: But um, first they left out the Carnival Night barrel and now this.
1: It's nonsense, isn't it? (laughs) Genuine disgust caught in your throat there, dude. What a shambles this issue is, apart from the brilliant Sonic & Knuckles story. (laughs) Who Killed Chuck Part
0: 3? Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching with letters by Steve Potter. When Igor tries to pin the murder of the double-glazing salesman on Chuck, Chuck tries to explain to Detective Case that he was the salesman and that Igor murdered HIM naturally case isn't buying it but rather than arrest chuck he just decides to shoot him
1: chuck legs it and the chase is on here we go i like this yeah we're back to me liking this issue again now <laughs> <laughs> yeah bounces back with this yeah. one does not it i mean it always does it doesn't matter how flagging the rest of the comic's gonna be give us a decap and we're happy once
0: again any kind of review just descends into reading out the I jokes doesn't
1: it? yeah straight away skull just saying i've half a mind to give you your half brain back he has got half a of mind. That's yeah, great that's
0: the, the, uh, <clears throat> Actually Chuck You were one of my More successful subjects Most of the others They ended up presenting Daytime TV Ah
1: that Richard and Judy Where are they now That is exactly The sort of comic this is That's exactly You're going to get a yep. Richard and, and this Judy This exactly
0: right. The sort of reference You'd make at this yep. time
1: Doesn't it isn't it great that like do you remember when you were a kid and you thought that the way to do a joke was to say a thing from pop culture and say it was stupid or bad yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's uh, yep that's all it's like or you would just use a brand name in place of an actual uh i i don't know why i always remember this one i don't remember what comic or what magazine this was from but it was a a joke surrounding the idea of using the magnetic letters on the front of your fridge to spell out rude words so the magazine said that when your dad next reaches for a can of boddington's he'll either double over with laughter or wash your mouth out with a bar of imperial leather instead of seeing beer or soap <laughs> you just used recognizable pop culture brand names
1: yeah and i never and i would make these references and laugh at these references without knowing what they were of. Yeah. (laughs) I had never seen Richard and Judy at this point. No, you were a child. I love the This Way to Escape Maniac Cop sign they've got
0: up in the castle. Uh, The one that grabbed me was um, there's a panel there where uh, Professor Stein is leaning in to peer closely at the picture of the double glazing salesman the cop holds up. We have Neffa ever seen this person and down in the corner we've got it's it's one of those anti-rat gags that we saw the last time right you remember this strip is unfair to rats well this time we've got rats have feelings too a little rat with a wily coyote style protest sign waving it in the air
1: yeah he just had a little bit of space to fill filled it love
0: it i still don't think the strip has done anything (laughs) anti-rat And then uh, the cop says, well, how do you explain this leaflet I found? Then it's a double glazing <laughs> leaflet from the Ricky T. Windows Company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, double glazing salesman. You said double glazing salesman. But that's different. Why didn't you say that in the first place? <laughs> that's ah, good stuff we've reached a, a very nice sort of baseline with decapitech where there's not much reviewing we can do we just encourage you to go and read it yeah and enjoy the good cartooning and enjoy the good jokes you're not here for the plot there's no reviewing involved here in that regard
1: tom where hurts has drawn us a picture of skates this issue
0: <laughs> not a great one is it it's, mm, mm. it's not sorry tom no. Ware. um a bit malformed
1: <laughs> I mean, he's it's only going to be little, is
0: God, to be honest, like there's not even really, and these letters are nothing. This
1: issue, are they? No, there's not really anything. Uh,
0: Shanid Stewart from County Louth, uh, Republic of Ireland, says: Is it true that a film is going to be made about Sonic?
1: It is true.
0: Yes, it did eventually. It took twenty-five years. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. <laughs> STC's AOK Carrie Gee from costasi uh, in Norwich. Wants to know what STC
1: stands for? Love, seriously, (laughs) what are you doing? I would like to know what STC stands for. You may have already told us, but I can't remember. Kerry, it doesn't even say STC on the front cover. It says Sonic the Comic. And Megadroid doesn't even have a funny (laughs) response. Pay attention,
0: I will say this only once. STC stands for Sonic the Comic. (laughs) Yep, and it does, factual. David A. Murray says he used to read dinosaurs (laughs) until he got too bored and switched to STC, which I thought was mega. Thanks cool uh
1: what do we do about that yeah yeah and uh,
0: perhaps the best question
1: <laughs> oh this is great lee clark in hayward's heath sussex says i am troubled <laughs> strong start okay what's the matter because when sonic smashed the treadmill and blew up the gyratosphere the explosion turned him blue by the way i like this already he's separating this out the treadmill and the gyratosphere yes. yeah he's got his terminology right and he's like i never made this connection he's saying that the gyratosphere is the whole conglomeration of computer banks that say what speed he's going i thought the treadmill was the gyratosphere i mean it's I in it, was... it it's part yeah of it. yeah yeah it's,
0: it's an unnecessary but fair play to him he's obviously yeah. a stick. with a
1: question like this he's obviously a stickler yeah. for the details indeed so he's read sonic in the fourth dimension the explosion turned him blue but how did amy rose turn pink
0: Megadroid says, who's to say she wasn't born that colour? Anyway, this is a story yet to be told, but in the meantime, hope you enjoy the picture on the right. And the picture on the right is by Michaela Earp
1: of Wellingsboro.
0: Um, it's just Amy looking a little mad. Because yeah. it's
1: copied from something, I think. And it says, Amy, Amy, Amy Rose, Amy Rose, Amy Rose behind her. Yeah. Oh, look Oh look what she's done, in fact. It's that thing where you're writing the words behind the character you've drawn. I feel like I've done this before. And behind her head, she like wherever she leaves off on one side of the head, she carries on on the other side, including yes. halfway through the letter R of Rose. Yeah. I love the symmetry there. As if the space behind the character was blank. Yeah, so she's like carried on the stick of the R a little bit. Okay, I like that. Yeah, what turned Knuckles red? That's what I'd like to know. (laughs) Well, it's a fair question. I mean, that is, I suppose, a
0: legitimate criticism that any young person reading this today, looking back on Sonic the comic and the whole thing, may well have. Since we have so many weirdly coloured animals and things in Sonic, now that there wasn't any need. Within the larger context, now there's certainly no need to explain why Sonic is blue. But back then when he was the only one around, they did and so it was but um stc would eventually explain say, yeah. years from now how amy turned pink yeah years and years from
1: now but they would and we'll get there So that's Speedlines for this time. Those are the people who wrote into STC. But what about the people who wrote into us? Because you can be part of Speedlines on this podcast if you send in either your written or indeed recorded messages to stctpodcast at gmail.com and we'll respond to them. And we have that today. We've got a message here from Alex Roberts, who says...
0: Hello, Chris and Dave. This is Alex Roberts, lifelong Sonic the Hedgehog fan and, much more recently, huge fan of Sonic the Comic the Podcast. Since I was surprised and delighted to learn about non-Sonic comics in STC like Shinobi and Streets of Rage, I'm wondering, which Sega game from the mid-90s would you most like to have seen in STC? Personally, I cannot stop thinking about a little four- or five-part Dynamite Heady strip, because I love that game, and I think it has all that cuteness and weirdness to make a really, really great comic in the stc style um so i'm curious what you think if you can't think of a game on sega consoles i will accept amiga games day <laughs> uh, anyway thanks for listening to my message thanks for producing a wonderful show knuckles was pink uh keep up the great work bye <laughs>
1: knuckles was pink thank you for
0: your lovely message alex hashtag knuckles was pink <laughs> uh
1: yeah uh so dave what's your answer
0: for that one or do you have to go amiga
1: no i've got two actually and they're both mega drive i don't know if they're sega in fact i know they're yeah, that's not the thing isn't it yeah, yeah. and uh, i even know who should do them number one we got mark miller's syndicate it's a cyberpunk future. The world is run by multiple big mega corporations. And what you are doing is you are the cybernetic half cyborg agents of one of these corporations, infiltrating, assassinating, and technologically fiddling with the brains of people to persuade your enemies to be on your side. And you're doing all that against your enemy syndicates. I reckon that a Streets of Rage style Mark Miller strip would be brilliant. Yeah, that'd go down well, yeah. But what I really want, and this will come as no surprise, is Wiz and Liz. But the reason I want it is what the premise of that game is. Is that you are these two little there's a little wizard and there's a little witch right and we've already established that you're collecting these rabbits that are all over the place yeah they've just lost their rabbits they're everywhere they have to gather them up again for whatever reason but as you're in the levels different levels have different fruit and these fruit have little faces i don't know whether they would bother with that in stc or not but what you do is you collect them And when you go back home at the end of the level, they're now growing on the trees at home. You put them in your cauldron and you mix up different spells. So what we've got here is the basis for a quite fun comedy strip about a little witch and a little wizard mixing different spells and they're blowing up in their faces and they're going wrong and they're doing silly things. That actually happens in the game. Some of the spells do really silly things while all these rabbits are getting out. And frankly, I think this is a kitchen. I think if he does in the style of Decap, another strip about this little witch and little wizard with spells going off in their faces and doing silly things and then whatever else he happens to want to do a comic about that day being the result of all of that that I think is my, that's my pick Nigel Kitching, Wiz and Liz
0: I think it's fun that you spent time thinking about who the creators would be whereas I absolutely did not (laughs) I've got one and one with a caveat and my one with a caveat is that I would have liked a real Rocket Knight Adventure strip Ah That game, but they and they did do one, but they did a sparkster strip based on the yep. sequel, which had different bodies, it didn't have the same cutesy, Konami, Japanese right. style about it, yeah. and it didn't satisfy me. So that's my one with a caveat. But my one that I would genuinely like to see the never had was Vector Man. <laughs> which was a game I was really into. I mean, is it any great shock that I want the one about superhero shape-shifting robot? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I played it a lot when I was uh, young, but I've never finished it, although I did uh, recently go back to it on the Mega Drive Mini and absolutely sailed through it, so I don't know what was wrong with me as a kid. (laughs) But yeah, no, uh, just... um, shape shifting robot where he turns into something else every week where uh, different types of' gotten gu- and, and he's fighting an evil robot who whose programming has been warped by uh like the blood of vector man is like humanity has left the earth because it has become too polluted they've left behind these robots called orbots whose job it is to clean up the planet in preparation for humanity's return a decommissioned nuclear missile is accidentally hooked up to the artificial intelligence that's running the planet-wide cleanup operation and it goes Bunkers, obviously, because that's what happens. And then he becomes an evil robot named Warhead. And Vector Man was dumping waste into the sun, so he was off planet. While Warhead took over all the other robots on the planet, so it was up to him now to save the world. So the Warhead couldn't kill all the returning humans. He was just made of uh, free-floating orbs. It was in the sort of the Donkey Kong Country rare pre-rendered 3D graphics on a 2D plane type. So Vector Man was made up of all these uh, free-floating orbs. And when you got certain power-ups, the orbs could reshape themselves into different things. So he could be a drill to drill through platforms, or a car to drive along fast or a fish to swim underwater or stuff like that but it's probably just a a reasonably solid six-part strip to tell the story of the game and would have done it up nicely i don't know who would have done it now offhand though but uh yeah that would have been my pick would have been vector man well thanks Alex, for that always a pleasure to hear from one of the younger crowders only just discovering uh, these things now (laughs) and glad you're enjoying the show (laughs) it does make me happy when i know that this show is being listened to by people who were not there back in the day because Mm. it means we're not being insufferable about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess it means we're being at least reasonably entertaining if people are willing to sit and listen to us talk about how much better things were in the old days and how they're wrong for being young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... You're wrong for being young. Knuckles was pink. <laughs>
0: Hashtag. Hashtag it. I want to see that out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you wanna get in on the action, then you know where to come. STCT podcast at gmail.com. And now you can support the podcast directly by joining our Patreon! And if you do, you now get access to exclusive video episodes twice a month! At the start of the month we review Sonic stuff, and at the moment we're doing the Martin Adams novels. And if you want something a bit sillier, then at the end of each month I read to Chris the next part of my apocalyptic Sonic fanfic that I wrote when I was 15 years old. Here's a clip from this month's episode! The Metallics, shot forwards, stopping the instant its sharp metal nose touched Sonics with molecular precision. (laughs) Die, the Metallics said simply. Oh dear. (laughs) As Tails vibrated, his whole body began to glow green. He tried to scream, but all he could manage was a low moan, and a thin line of electricity shot down his body, erasing him from the room as it went. Very Dalek-esque. Yeah! Tails, no! He turned to face the eyes of the Metallics, which were all he could see of his adversary. You! You! Sonic couldn't think of an insult strong enough. You lose, said the Metallics. <laughs> so, whether you'd like to witness my embarrassment and Chris's general torment, or you'd like to see us, you know, properly sensibly review Sonic Media like we do in this podcast, then you can join patreon.com forward slash by doing so you will contribute to the funds that we need to get this podcast edited while also doing anything else with our lives ourselves including generating this patreon exclusive content thank you that brings us to the end of issue number 36 i think next issue
0: stick around for a rumble sonic the sticker set two, because we have a little sticker sample here stick around of uh, sonic in that wind up arms back one foot raised
1: ready yeah. to race pose with more, a of a, little, more of a mario pose than a sonic one usually
0: yeah. uh with a little tag that says let's rumble and it's got i described the background on the tail sticker earlier but now that i'm seeing this one in front of me again i mean it's the swirly background they put on the reviews
1: it's the actual one isn't it yeah yeah it's actually the one they haven't done another one yeah yellow and brown
0: was the color they used on the tail sticker we were talking about but this one is pink and purple pinking point sonic and knuckles go head to head in robotnik's revenge and our piece yeah. of artwork here is a big extreme close-up of richard elson on knuckles in profile his nose and his yes. angry eye poking onto the page <laughs> this is the cover who was it uh, richie was talking about this cover wasn't he when it was that's on. right yeah.
1: yeah and it's it's just one of the more memorable covers yep. ever because it's going to be just sonic and knuckles in profile you know leering at each other
0: <laughs> it's a little funny that um of course they've waited till now when they're actually all right with each other oh uh, yeah to do the square off head to, like they don't go head to head no, in they next don't. episode so, <laughs> i wonder if that was meant to be the cover for this episode i do wonder you know it's take i mean knuckles still hasn't had a cover we're four issues deep on the knuckles now, and he still hasn't had a no. cover.
1: Well, it's far more important to make sure that Zone Runner and the Flock gets a cover, you see, uh, yeah. and Cam and Bert. Well, very important.
0: He gets both of the next two.
1: He I does. remember that much. And they're good ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. In fact, they're some of the most memorable pieces of, of artwork from this whole era, I would say.
1: Plus, Tales in Zone Runner and the Flock, Eternal Champions kicking off a new story, Decap Attack, the horror goes on and on and on. STC 37, stick it on your list. Saturday, the 15th of October, 1.15 There we go. And uh, persisting on the right is the data strip that you're still supposed to. There's a picture of scissors, you're supposed to cut it up. The picture of scissors always bugged me, by the way, because look at them. You can't close the scissors. Oh yeah, good point. Drawn, this has <laughs> yeah, always yeah. annoyed me, the way they've the drawn it. The blades
0: are too wide and the yeah. handles are not pulled out far enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah,
1: one of the blades is perfectly right, but the other one kind of bends over. So that, like the scissors are open, but the handles are more or less closed. And you're like, there's no way you could cut with the it. The handles would have to overlap with themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been banging your knuckles against each other. I swear, Dave, you honestly have
0: to point out the data strip to me before I even remember it's there. That was it, you I did just tune
1: its whole existence yes. out. I don't know how I saw it then, but I did, and I have that exact feeling. It was like, oh, 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 there. It's like
0: there's a perception filter over it. Yeah, you just... It- do not notice it.
1: It was like putting on the They Live glasses. It was just... <laughs> you know, suddenly, he puts on... like Someone edit this so that he puts on the glasses and the poster says, Data Strip, fill in and send to Sonic the Comic. 25 to 31 a place.
0: I completely forgot there's a bit on the Data Strip for the question Alex literally just asked us. <laughs> oh, there is! Game yeah. into What strip? Sega game would you like to see as an STC strip in the future? It's like yeah <laughs> and it's been there every issue but it's taken alex sending us in a message to get us to go what we think
1: even though the question has been posed to us for the last year and a half i'll tell you what would be nice is to if they ever made any kind of like database of that to see that like what were people asking for if anything, it wouldn't be a very big database. All four people who ever sent it in would be on the database. <laughs>
0: Surely lots of people must have sent it in.
1: They must have done. But theres I don't know. I think there's like a barrier to doing it, which is this thing that, yes, you do have to get scissors out and you do have to mm. cut up your comic. Now, we mm. wouldn't do that for the sake mm. of having an intact comic, but other people wouldn't do that just because it's something you have to do, you know? Yeah, but other people would do it because
0: they were sick freaks. <laughs>
1: The sort of people who feel the need to write in saying, "I used to read dinosaurs, and then I got bored, and then I read Sonic the Comic. What do you think what of that?" What does the name of your comic stand for? <laughs> What's the name, dear STC, What is this? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Yeah. Bye. Okay, I think that's
0: going to do it. (laughs) Well, one question we can answer is where you can find this next issue and this next episode, which is going to be at stctp.wigglehe.com or
1: everywhere that all good podcasts are available. You can follow the show on Twitter and contact us there. It's at Sonic Podcast, or separately, I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely, and we're both on YouTube under those names, and Dave's on Twitch as well. Our opening theme tune was synchronized by sonic the comic the band to be found at sonic the that is not a bit that is a band you can go and find them but we are sonic the comic the podcast and we will see you next, next time. time
0: that is i suppose a legitimate a legitimate christmas Legitimate legitimate Christmas. Christmas. I'm conducting (laughs) a legitimate Christmas.